The following is an exclusive presentation of Pirate Radio, the voice of the Pirate Nation. Pirate fans, welcome to the U.S. Cellular 5th Quarter Postgame Call-In Show. Brought to you by U.S. Cellular. Be sure to visit one of ECU graduate Brandon Tate's Platinum Certified U.S. Cellular stores and experience the highest standard of customer service. Call in on the live line at 317-1250. Now, with a complete recap of the game and your phone calls, live from the Pirate Radio Studios, here's your host of the U.S. Cellular 5th Quarter, Clip Brock. All right, Pirates lose it at Dottie Ficklin Stadium today, 13-10 to to the, the, the Tulane Green Wave. Hard fault, yes. Pirates in it, yes. But it's another loss for East Carolina, dropping them to 1-8 and eight on the season through nine weeks. 317-1250, we're taking your calls on the U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show. Clip Rock, Jason Nichols, uh, Billy Weaver here with you. We'll run over it all. What happened tonight? What lies ahead for the Pirates? And uh, look around the country at other games. And whatever is on your mind, let us know. 317-1250. We're back with the U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show after this. You're listening to the U.S. Cellular fifth quarter postgame call-in show. Here's Clip Brock. All right, 317-1250, the number on the U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show. Another number you need to know is 758-WING. Wings over Greenville will deliver right to your door, and Billy Weaver just did some damage. Ooh. Jason in the process. I literally ate two wings, and I'm full. <laughs> because like I told you guys. you had the tenders, as they call oh, yeah, them there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had the, the boneless. boneless. Yeah. Well, they're, they're boneless. This is like a breast. <laughs> it's like a boneless breast too yes. huge it was gigantic thanks to wings over Greenville for the post-game food we got some great games coming up tonight so continue your football day with wings over greenville uh also a great get for sunday nfl action all right 317 12 50 13 to 10 uh we'll go and get right to the calls and uh get jason and billy's thoughts along the way shirley rhodes answering your calls the big dog glenn griffin on video production after the pirates fall today 13 to 10 coleman weston pays hang on let's go to cameron in greenville hey cameron hey guys went to the game tonight didn't want to but i'm a pirate and even in tough times i'm gonna support this team and it was amazing to see the tailgate atmosphere it was amazing to see all the fans show up for a program that's one in seven that it has no momentum at all. And for our players to come out and put that kind of performance up, I'm so proud of the players on our team, especially the defense, to compete like that against the Tulane Green Wave, nationally ranked. But I, what I will not tolerate is Mike Houston and Donnie Kirkpatrick setting up this team for failure. Failure, guys. How in the world, in the fifth year, fifth year, guys, do you let this happen offensively? An absolute disaster. I felt bad for our defense. They were on the field after the first quarter for pretty much the entire game. And, and they played their hearts out. And even our offense played their hearts out, even though they don't have talent because their coaches failed them. The offensive system sucks. I, I am so frustrated by what this coaching staff has allowed to happen to this program, guys. It is inexcusable, indefensible. Our players deserve better. Our fans deserve better. This program deserves better. No other team in the country that's not Power 5 would have had – over 30,000 fans in the stands tonight for a 1-7 football team. We held Tulane to 13 points, and yet we still lose. 
it is absolutely a disgrace what Mike Houston and this offensive coaching staff, Donnie Kirkpatrick, have allowed to happen in this program. In year five, guys, year five, Mike Houston has a losing record. I am so frustrated because our players fought their tails off tonight, guys. I haven't seen that all year. That's the best game we played all year defensively against Tulane and Michael Pratt, who will probably be the quarterback in Notre Dame next year. It is embarrassing that we are sitting here 1-8 and eight after two winning seasons, after what we thought Mike Houston pulled us out of the grave, and we come out and have no offense with a transfer portal, with NIL. How do you, how do you not have a quarterback? I mean, if we, I went through the math yesterday, guys. If we had an offense that just averaged two touchdowns more a game, we will be sitting pretty right now, probably with five or six wins. It is an absolute disgrace. We let this man named Donnie Patrick sit up in the booth and call plays. It is a disgrace to this program. It is a disgrace to everybody, guys. And I may have drinking some liquor and beer tonight, but I can see it with clear eyes. Donnie Kirkpatrick has got to go. And Mike Houston, John Gilbert needs to think about doing so in Mike Houston. How do you let this happen in year five, guys? It is a disgrace. I thought this team would win five or six games this year, maybe seven. It's a disgrace what has happened to this program, but I, I am so proud of the way our fans showed up tonight and the way our defense showed up tonight, and even the offense in the first quarter. I love that RPO action, but, it, I mean, what can you say when you got a blind man named Donnie Kirkpatrick that should be in a nursing home calling plays? But anyways, go Pirates and get Donnie Kirkpatrick out of here, and serious considerations need to be made about Mike Houston get the hell out of Greenville. I will pay for his plane ticket tonight. Go Pirates, guys. All right, there is a frustrated Cameron in Greenville. What year is Mike Houston in? Okay, I thought I heard him correctly. What year is Cameron in? He's in here. <laughs> Cameron's, Cameron's been around a while. Cameron's been around a long use. time. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, I remember him calling in as a little kid. <laughs> like, seriously, 10 years <laughs> old or whatever. Yeah. Uh, y'all want to hit on anything or go to the calls? Something about those South Carolina callers, huh, this week? Uh, wait, was that Tyler? <laughs> no, 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 no. That was Cameron from Greenville. <laughs> oh, that was Greenville. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought, yeah. I thought we was on Myrtle Beach. No, no, no. That, no, that no. was not Tyler from uh, <laughs> Myrtle Beach. All right, we go to Pays and Raleigh next. What's up, B Pays? Hey, Clint, did you know Mike Houston was in year five? I heard of that. That's a rumor. Year five. Word on the street. Missed you last week, Pays. Oh, I know. Hey, I know. I was. Uh, it was uh, Wifey's birthday last week. So you, I you took. You did you the go. right thing. That's you, you did, did right exactly thing. the right thing. <laughs> if I didn't take care of her birthday, I would have been one in the list. <laughs> <laughs> you would. You wouldn't be calling in tonight. You'd be in, in deep in a beer, passed out somewhere. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Here's the thing. I, I, I don't think. Listen, I don't. You know, I, I don't know if they can fire Mike Houston or, or you know. And I feel bad for DK because he's killing his. It's just killed his legacy at this university. He had some good years, but just killed his legacy. Um, but this is what my, this is the offense that Mike Houston wants. He likes this. Somebody put on. Uh, I was looking on Twitter. He probably was at halftime. His, his his heart was beating fast. He probably was excited. He liked this. You know, he wants the offense to be like this. And this is the offense he wants to run. And if he cannot run this at East Carolina. He failed miserably on the quarterback situation. He failed miserably in the portal. He's failed miserably at making talent better since he's went here. And I know he probably, we probably don't have the money to pop him. But the thing is, this is not going to get any better. Mike has an ego that's bigger than a – I'll get ready to say a name in Greenville clip. I'd have gotten in trouble. Y'all have had to blame me. But he is – he, this is, this is what he wants. 
And you got to be able to have an offense at East Carolina University. You know, as as great as uh, Skip's defenses were, he had enough offense to win the game. This is, I mean, you cannot continue down this path. And John Gilbert's going to have to make hey, because you had thirty what thirty two thousand there today. Um, you'll be lucky to have fifteen at that Tulsa game. Uh, so, and this is not going to get any better next year. Mike Houston. His ego will not let him hire an offensive coach to run the offense that he wants to do. And at that point, then you have to make a decision. Either you go ahead and let it run out, or you, you on Monday morning, you make your decision and figure it out and let Harold be the interim and let him figure it out the next three games and then go. Because it's not going to change. Go Pirates. I love y'all guys. All right, Pace. Thanks, man. I'm, I'm where Pace is on the Donnie thing because – I agree with him. Mike Houston wants to play these, yeah, these tight conservative style football games. I think, and this is why is Donnie still here because Mike Houston hasn't made the call. Why has he not made the call? I I think he likes this style that they're running. He does. He does. I, I had a conversation with a guy at the Pirate Radio tailgate earlier today, and we got on the subject because, of course, every conversation here lately has gone with those discussions. And I said to him, I said. Tell me this, as a father, if you continually tell your child, go punch that guy in the face, go punch that guy in the face, go punch that guy in the face, and he continues to do that, and he gets beat up, and he gets reprimanded, (coughs) whose fault is that? Is it the child's fault? Seriously. Now think about that for a second. If you're the head coach of a football team, and you're saying, we are going to do this and that is it. That's the only way, period. My way or the highway. Now, I don't know those conversations. I don't know right. if that's happening. But if that indeed is the case, who's to blame? That's Ultimate, where I'm at. Ultimately, the head coach is to blame. Because as Vince McMahon would say, he's in year five. Hmm. <laughs> Thank you, Vinnie Mac. <laughs> 317-1250. We do go to Myrtle Beach and talk to Weston. Hello, Weston. Cliff, Billy, how are you guys doing? I know it's a tough evening again, again, to be a pirate. Um, this is the best defense we've had since the Skip Holtz era. This is an unbelievable defense in that we cannot get enough offense Beat a team like Tulane, hats off to this defense. Hats off. They played with their hair on fire. They did everything that they had to do to keep this game in the balance for us to go in and be able to win this ball game. It is unbelievable that in year five, I, I know you guys have heard it way too much already, year five of Mike Houston, to not have an offense. I knew Mason Garcia wasn't going to be the guy from the begin from the beginning. We all we I was going to ask that too. How'd you know? <laughs> well, um, to be honest, I watched him play in high school here here in Myrtle Beach. Oh, you are from Myrtle Beach, yeah. Yeah, so I watched him play at Carolina Forest, and he didn't even know the playbook for his offensive playbook for high school. They just run in there. They say, all right, Mason, throw a post, throw a vertical, throw a little out pattern. 
If you don't see anything, run. And that's what he's done at East Carolina. And it's taken us three years to figure out that he's doing the same thing that he was in high school compared to what he was in college. Now we got Flynn, who is turnover prone. But the problem is that the kid can't do anything when we have an offensive coordinator like Donnie Kirkpatrick, who runs up the middle. We had, what, 50 yards of offense after the first quarter? That is abysmal, abysmal. And it doesn't fall completely on Mike Houston. This falls on Donnie Kirkpatrick. If you call a game like you called tonight after the first quarter where you had a very, very solid first quarter, especially on that first drive and the second drive, for that to happen is abysmal. There's no excuses for having that amount of offense, and we can't make adjustments. It's happened all year long where we, we, we're in a game, we're up, we're tied, we're down by a score or a field goal, and we don't make adjustments. And that's where I, that's where I fall. And this is what we got. This is what we're dealt with. This defense is way too good for us to be 1-8. and eight. Way too good. Uh, in the Skip Holtz era, you had a defense like this. You win conference championships. Far none. It's had... I hate where this program is going. I really wish that we'd be 500 at best. If we had an offense, hell, where would we be? But I'll hang up and listen. Go Pirates as always. Thank you, guys. All right, Weston. Appreciate it. Thank you, man. Uh, yeah, I need uh, to get those numbers. If anybody's got it real quick, Facebook and YouTube, I've seen it. How many yards did ECU have in the second half? Uh, I've seen some low totals, but I yeah. haven't seen uh, that official number. If you know it, put it in the chat, please, and we'll talk about it on the UBE stat sheet. All right, let's get one more before we take a break. Uh, Coleman is up in Greenville. Hello, Coleman. Coleman's out. You want to try Kenny? Let's go to Kenny in Blunt's Creek. What's up, Kenny? Hey, good evening, guys. Uh, we uh, start off with the positives, man. You know, we competed today. We uh, beautiful weather. Eastern North Carolina, you know, showed out today with the weather. Uh, we had a good tailgate. Uh, that was pretty good. You know, we uh, we held a ranked team to 13 points, and we couldn't score but 10. So, I what do you say about that, that everybody's going to say the rest of the night? Uh, Billy, guys, I, you know, what What do we do? We just keep beating the same dead horse. Our offense is horrible. Our quarterback play is terrible. Our play calling is horrible. Uh, I don't know. It's just it's sad that we, we sit in that stadium and we watch a, a pretty good defense give us a chance, and our offense just cannot even give us a chance. So, you know, uh, just – Bummed out again as usual. We'll uh, just sit back and wait for this season to end. Hey, basketball starts uh, Monday night or Tuesday night, so that's a positive. So Y'all have a good night. I hope everybody lets y'all out of there early so you can get home and watch some real football. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Kenny. Do you remember what Kenny said last week when he called? What's that? I might not even go into oh, the yeah. game. Remember that? Yeah. Remember I told him he's going to go into the game? He's going. I know better. Coming, Kenny. And he sounds a little bit more subdued yeah. this week. It was yeah. the weather. He'll, the weather was too nice today to oh, stay yeah. home. Yeah. Yeah. I tell you, it was. It was absolutely perfect day for football. And I agree, Kenny. I hope we can get home to watch some, as you call it, real football, because there are some good <laughs> games tonight. All right, so I'm seeing... 
41 yards of second half offense i'm seeing 47 yards from the end of the first quarter uh i also saw 34 yards after the first quarter either way um pitiful yeah i'll tell you this um pirate nation you guys did a good job today really i mean absolutely for the amount of fans that we had out there at that game today uh, was impressive to be one and seven. So, hats go. My hat goes off to you guys, and um, you know it, it is. I mean, it's it's the same story. I don't even know how to feel up here because it's, it, we've seen that story for the last however many weeks. You know, defense plays good, offense actually starts good, and then we just fizzle out. At some point we fizzle out. Uh, Stillwater might burn down tonight because Oklahoma State is going to run out the clock and beat Oklahoma in what could be the last game of Bedlam with Oklahoma leaving, and they are going to tear that place apart. So mm-hmm. the, uh, the party is about to start uh, there in Stillwater, Oklahoma. All right, Will, Richard, Quentin, and Caden, hang on. We'll get to you when we return on the U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show. A lot more of your calls on the way. Back with you after this. You're listening to the U.S. Cellular fifth quarter postgame call-in show. Here's Clip Brock. Now with the Pirate Radio scoreboard, here's Shirley Rhodes. All right. Uh, Memphis survived a shootout with South Florida today. They moved to 6-2 and two on the season after a 59-50 uh, win over the Bulls. UTSA moves to 6-3 and three after they defeated North Texas 37-29. Coastal Carolina got by Old Dominion 28-24. Games going on right now. Florida State leading Pittsburgh 24-7 with about three minutes to go in that game. Houston survived Baylor 25-24 in overtime. It was Iowa over Northwestern 10-7. James Madison beat up on Georgia State 42-14. Missouri loses to number two, Georgia, 32-21. Oklahoma State, as we mentioned a couple of minutes ago, defeated Oklahoma 27-24. Penn State all over Maryland. They win it 51-15. And UCF defeats Cincinnati 28-26. That's a look at your Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard brought to you by The Buck. The Buck has all the fun for your Sunday fun day covered. Every Sunday, kick off the day at The Buck with the largest 4K screen in Greenville along with 18 TVs so you don't miss a game. They'll have mimosa specials, a Bloody Mary menu, and pizza all day from Pizza Hut. And don't forget the weekly jersey giveaway starting at 5 o'clock. Score every Sunday at DeBuck. Now let's head back in to the U.S. Cellular fifth quarter postgame call-in show. Here's Clip Brock. All right, we got uh, NFL Network on, and they're showing a college football game. Marshall and App State. App State up 14-3 to and that one. Thank you very much, Shirley Rhodes, the big dog Glenn Griffin here. Jason Nichols and Billy Weaver. We are taking your calls on the U.S. Sailor fifth quarter calling show and enjoying some awesome wings over Greenville. Will, Richard, and Quentin, you guys hang on. We'll go to Caden in Greenville, who is on with us now. Hello, Caden. Hey, how's it going? All right, what's up, man? Hey, uh, this is Jay's roommate. Uh, no, I don't know if y'all are from. Uh oh. Yeah, we remember Jay. We're back. You know. <laughs> We had a good game today. I thought we played pretty good, you know, um, pretty upset about the outcome. But I think overall as a team, we showed that, you know, we can score the ball, and that's a a really big thing. Our defense played amazing, um, as always. But 
our offense just got to show up, man. Especially in the second half, it's terrible. We gotta, we gotta, we gotta move the ball. You can't win um, not getting first downs, and, and it's terrible. All right. We'll was, we, he said we proved that we can score the ball. I was a little confused in the first early. quarter. Yeah. yeah, I mean they look good. The offense looked good in the first quarter, yeah. but then after that, just nothing. It's just, just like just last baffling. week. Yeah, same thing. Last week, you know, when they came out, the very first play last week was a deep shot over the middle. Next three plays is three and out, so they essentially go four and out on the first series, and you're thinking, okay, but at least they're showing something downfield. Yeah. And then you know, next thing you know, they're kind of back into the old rut. To the comfort zone. Yeah. All right, Jay's roommate. Thank you, man. Hey, one last thing. Yeah. Um, I was supposed to cut my hair if we won today, so that's the only positive I got, Ross. <laughs> <laughs> I like that, though. I thought about this. We should start kind of going crazy here. Maybe not this season, but we should say we'll do something if ECU has success. Because right, I feel like we're gonna have to start making sacrifices. We've <laughs> so like tattoos or something. I don't know. Okay, when you said sacrifices, I'm just making sure there's no animal sacrifices in here. Not like Pedro Serrano ri- on Major right, League. right. Somebody get him a chicken. Get him a chicken. <laughs> Bring in a bucket, bucket of Kentucky Fried. <laughs> yeah. All right, Quentin, you are up next. Uh, as Jay's roommate's hair is safe. Hello, Quentin. Hey, Cliff. How you doing, man? What's up, bud? Man, first off, congratulations to the women's volleyball team uh, and their successes this year. Second, can't wait for men's basketball. Hopefully they can beat this D3 team by 50 points on Monday. Third, uh, congratulations to the fans that came out this week. Uh, That was a pretty impressive crowd for a 1-7 football team. Uh, Fourth, uh, getting pretty tired of coming out there and taking family, season tickets and passes and you know, spending all this money on the tailgate game to see 10 points put up by the offense. Everybody says that, you know, last week we put up 28 points, but seven points were in garbage time and seven points were by defense. So we put up 13 points against UTSA. It's just another same old, same old. Getting pretty tired of it. You know, hopefully we can, might squeeze out another game, another win, uh, end of the year. Just look forward to hearing what you guys say about it. Well, I can hear it in your voice. Uh, you are exasperated, <laughs> but thank you for the call. And uh, at least you did find some positives out there. Uh, yeah, uh, week nine and and uh, another what one touchdown game. We had one touchdown from the offense last week as well uh, when it mattered. We had one late that right. really didn't even count. So yeah, yeah we are what we are um, at off on offense at this point. I don't know what else to say about it. Yeah, well, there is nothing to say about it because it, like you said, it is what it is. We have, we have, you know, how many times does someone have to show you who they are before you finally believe, well, that's who they are? Yeah, we've known for a while now. I mean, really, since the beginning of the season. Mm -hmm. I mean, hell, Chandler and I were out there the first scrimmage. I keep talking about it, and we saw four pick sixes, and we were like, maybe – this was an off day or right. <laughs> like this has been going on since preseason. Right, right. <laughs> and 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 here we are. Brutal. Man. All right, Richard is up in Tampa. Hey Richard. Hey y'all. Appreciate y'all having me on. I uh I'm a big ECU fan down here in Florida. Uh and I hate to see the team play like this way. I've been preaching to the choir after I went to the Charlotte game. Brian Kirkpatrick. He needed to have a, uh, have a uh, for sale sign in his front yard after that game. Embarrassing. Offensively, we're playing like a D2 team in a way. Uh, now, 
we are close. The defense has done everything they can to keep it a good game. For us, it's a mixture of the players, but also Donnie has to go. At this point, I've been saying Houston, we should give him at least a year, one more year, thanks to bringing back the ball relevancy. But if he just will not let go of Donnie, then Houston has to go too. That's a part of just the offensive philosophy on how both of them work together. I mean, this isn't Citadel, this ain't Lenore Ryan. This is ECU. So, I mean, it, it, it's a different ball game in a way. So, for us, it's, we got to get back to uh, the prominent ECU as SEC country, in my opinion. We're just waiting to crack. We have the environment. We have the college town history. It's just this is awful timing for us to be at this point with all the re- realignment. And we'll see y'all's thoughts on that. And like I said, man, go Pirates. Hey, also, everybody listening in, there's an ECU Tampa chapter in Florida now. So for all the Tampa Pirates, we got the Buccaneers. Well, we got the Pirates here, too. So reach out to me. Y'all got my cell phone number. Thank you very much. And uh, give me y'all's thoughts and all that. Fire Donnie. Go Pirates. All right, uh, Richard in Tampa. Thank you for being a big-time Pirate down there in Buccaneer country. Um, I mean... I think, and it doesn't matter what I think because I've already been wrong because I thought they might have got rid of Donnie, you know, by week or after Charlotte, the Charlotte debacle, but it's like they're going to stick with him. I do think they'll probably part ways after the year. Kind of well, like we saw Bob Trott as the defensive coordinator in Mike Houston's era. Okay, if you end up with one win on the season, how in good faith as a head coach can you go to your boss, the athletic director, and say, I got this? Yeah. Well, if I'm the boss of the guy that just went 1-11 and and I'm saying, okay, well, what changes are you making? Because obviously what you did this year isn't working. So if you're not making changes, you think everything's okay. Maybe I need to make a change. So I, I, could, I just can't see any scenario whatsoever where, where Mike Houston doesn't make a change because his job depends on that. Yeah, definitely. 317-1250. Will is up in Greenville. Hey, Will. Hey, bud. What's up? All right. Um, first of all, on what my man just said, you don't go to your boss after this game. You hide from him. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> Second of all, when you have nothing to lose, nothing to lose. I've seen so many teams with nothing to lose, and you don't go for it. Like you have nothing to lose. That is a damn joke. It is a joke to ECU football. Also, to piggyback on Quentin, hell yeah, let's go ECU volleyball because clearly that's the only thing we have to cheer for right now. And I just want to tell everybody that's listening, stay away from Elm Street because we're I mean, we're bumper to bumper right now. We can't even get out of here. Got our traffic (laughs) report. Thank you, Will. I, I just... That's really why I called in because I've been on Elm Street waiting. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we'll get you through it, man. Yeah, <laughs> we appreciate you, Will. I mean, what do, what do y'all have to say about this? about what uh, the traffic, the game, any of it? <laughs> <laughs> well, well I mean, I've been stuck in that traffic on Elm Street. If you're coming out of the stadium, Elm Street towards Fifth. That's not fun. Or 10th Street, I'm sorry. Well, we, That's not fun. Sorry. And, Will, here's what we have to say about doing going for it, as you say, doing something different. How many weeks have we talked about that, Billy? About – I remember Billy lose. sitting here, God, it feels like a month ago, yeah. saying, hey, look, maybe it won't be any better, 
but at least it'll appease the fans a little bit if you try to do something different or open it up, throw down, you know, trick play, do something, and yeah. and we're still sitting here. yards downfield if it don't work. The hell with it. That's what I said a month ago. I, I said that a month ago. I've been saying that every game. It, Look, if, I'm sorry, I've been working. This <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no, I'm no, just, no, no, no. We're I'm just, just saying we yeah, have yeah. been. Yeah, we're we're on the same page with you. It's you know, they coaches get it in their head that trick plays. Some coaches do. Now, some coaches embrace trick plays. Other coaches have it in their head that it's an act of desperation. I'm sorry, you're one and seven. Open it up and try whatever is going to work. It's called being aggressive, man. I mean, like, you, there is no such thing as a trick play. That's called a well executed. Thank play you. Thank you. You thank make you. it work. Thank and you. You make it work because you know something about what they do defensively to take advantage. If they over pursue and you know, absolutely, that's, that's absolutely. called being aggressive. It's called playing offense and and that's that's why I mean we we've been in a situation we've been in because we don't play offense I mean we play guarded and so we and get these 10 13 games I mean yep, yeah. one touchdown we've averaged what about a one touchdown a game yeah, yeah. and I, I think traditional coaches that want to run the football establish the run they want to say we're bigger faster and stronger than you if we throw a flea flicker on end around or anything like that then we're not we're, you know we're, we're not soft under we're soft no listen at, I was about at, to say at, so, at, at the end of the forget day forget that find a way to win find a way to win yeah. be aggressive take and, advantage of what they you know of their weaknesses or whatnot whatever you've seen on film to exploit what they're doing that's what you got to do yeah will are you still there oh i'm here all right i hate to pile on this feels like piling on but funny is funny uh david on facebook said donnie kirkpatrick is probably directing traffic after the game on elm street <laughs> oh man no wonder we're back up. <laughs> all right all right will one car to the left one guard to the right. Hopefully you'll be home uh, or off Elm Street by the end of our show. Just keep us tuned in here. Hey, just thank God I'm not driving. All right, man. Have a good one. There's Will and Green on Elm Street. It's that stoplight on Elm and 10th. That's he ain't moved yet. That whole call. Left. Didn't even move. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, Kyle, Cheezel, Taylor, we're going to get to you when we return. U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show taking your calls and getting your thoughts on Facebook and YouTube as well if you are on YouTube. We have 250 more viewers than we have likes currently. So if you could just hit that thumb, we'd appreciate that. Subscribe to YouTube TV, and I'll say thank you in advance. Uh, 317-1250, one open line. What you got, Weave? My wife just texted me. She said, LOL, we just got off Elm Street. (laughs) Everybody's on Elm Street. Uh, we'll uh, We'll be back with you after this. You're listening to the U.S. Cellular 5th Quarter Postgame Call-In Show. Here's Clip Brock. All right, 317-1250 lines locked and loaded at the moment. Clip Brock, Billy Weaver, and Jason Nichols here. Shirley Rhodes taking your calls. The Big Dog Glenn Griffin video production tonight as East Carolina falls to Tulane 13-10. And, uh, Shirley, do we have some Mike Houston comments uh, from after the game? We will hear those. Before we get to Carter, Kyle, Cheezel, and Taylor, uh, here's Mike Houston. And, and I'll, you want me to set it up like Chandler? <laughs> Obviously tough one to swallow. Um, you know, had a chance to be a pretty special night. And, uh, you know, just really pr- appreciate, appreciate the stadium tonight, the students showing up and the way they support our program and the fans. I mean, 
you know, Daddy Ficklin Stadium was rocking in the fourth quarter, and uh, our kids gave us a chance to knock off a nationally ranked opponent, and we just couldn't uh, just couldn't get that score we needed there at the end. And uh, hats off to them. I mean, they're eight and one and um, undefeated in conference play, and you know they find a way to win. But uh, I just I've got a great bunch of kids. They played their tails off. They prepared all week uh, very, very well. Uh, came out very, very confident, very aggressive, and and gave us a chance. And that's what makes it a tough one to swallow. And uh, you know we're all hurting right now just because you know everyone in this building continues to invest heavily each day and for each other. And uh, that's that's the special the special something we have right now. And you know. I've, I have no doubt that they're going to continue to go out and they're going to play their tails off. And that's, uh, that's, 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 that's just who they are. So, All right, there is Mike Houston after the loss to Tulane at 13-10. My first question would have been, Coach, you said that you started off aggressively. What happened after that? Why weren't you continually continuing to be aggressive? That would have been my first question. Yeah, I mean, the yardage tells the story on the UB stat sheet. East Carolina just nothing doing after the first quarter, really. Because, I mean, with that statement, it sounds to me like they weren't being aggressive. Does that mean you weren't actively being aggressive? The players fell off? What what, what does that mean Jason, that we started off aggressive? You said this uh, while we were watching the game. Like, Well, first of all, I asked you and – I think Glenn, I don't know if Weave was here. Maybe he was, but I said, you know, how many times have we been in this situation? Even before that, I said, Jason, I'm sorry. I think ECU has no chance to win this game. And we were, what, tied or down three or something? Like, we've been in this situation, mm-hmm. get the ball in the fourth, one possession game, can't move it at all. And and this time they did move it across midfield, but couldn't get the fourth down. Jalen Johnson's got to make that play on third down and uh, didn't make it. And they end up not getting it on fourth. But, um, Jason, you were talking about how do whatever you did early, yeah. even if they know it's coming and you might come back to it, it worked. Uh, let's, let's do that again. You kept mentioning that. Yeah, we, you know, what you, what you try to do is, like, early in the game, that first drive, you know, especially when you're struggling like that, you say, okay, what do we have success doing? Because we went down the field and we scored, we had success. You highlight those plays. You check them off. Mm-hmm. And you come back and you say, you know what? I'm going to call this again. Who cares? You know, whether they know it's coming or not, which they probably don't, but you're just going back through your script of calling your plays and saying, I'm going to call these plays because these plays hit early on for us. And at some point, you just got to have the plays that you're going to take a shot. I mean, at midfield, be aggressive. Because all you're saying is we need one score. One score to go find a way to win this game. And we just couldn't muster that tonight. And it's been this way the whole season. So... That's what good play callers that I've been around would do. You know, they would they would go back through that call sheet and find the plays that they've had success with and call it again. And, you, and, and you no explore. offense, it shouldn't be hard to find because they haven't had success with many plays. You should be able to kind of pinpoint the ones you oh, have. You, you go back through the they, – yeah. they're scripting. They're, they're writing down. Every time yeah. you call a play, they're writing it down. So, you know, Absolutely. the first series, I'm going to go back. I can go back to this first series, see yeah. what I call. And I can even look at it and say I'm going to present it just a different way. Maybe it's a different personnel, mm-hmm. right. a different formation. But I'm calling the same thing to go yeah. try to find some success. Too. And then you exploit players. 
I mean, if 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 my receiver has just torched a DB, guess what? Call. That play is going to be called real quick. <laughs> yeah. Within maybe that that same series, yeah. if not, definitely the next series. Yeah, I'm going to go back to what is successful. Yeah, and I'm uh, going to continue to call that play until you can't stop, stop it. Mike uh, Jones, who Mike Jones on Facebook said couldn't. I had a reaction to this comment too. He said couldn't find a way in the end. Couldn't find a way in the middle either. I agree. I, I'm kind of yeah. I'm tired. A little tired of hearing, like, we just couldn't get it done at the end. We'll do it in the second quarter or third quarter. We can score then. We don't have to wait <laughs> to try to score the tying or winning touchdown at the end. We can try to do – I don't know. All right, 317-1250. Carter, Kyle, Cheezle, hang on. Let's go to Taylor and deep run. Hey, Taylor. Hey, what's going on, guys? What's up? Uh, I appreciate you having me on. Long-time listener, first-time caller. Uh, got a few things I want to get off my chest. Look. This 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 may be the worst ECU team I've been watching. I've, I've seen yet. Uh, but, and and the, the thing is, we don't have an X factor player. Every great ECU team that I've ever seen, we've had a a, a Keaton Mitchell, or we've had a at least like a Tyler Sneed. I'll tell you what, guys, we could really use a CJ Johnson right now. I mean, what do we do when these guys have success, a little bit of success? And then they leave. We saw it with Pro. We saw it with Snee. Even McMillan on the defense, which who is having success in the NFL. But how do we get these guys to stay? We have no X factor at all. And when we do, we lose them. What well, can we do to convince these guys to stick around? NIL money. money. <laughs> yeah. Now you Nowadays can do that. It's money. Yeah. Pay them. Uh, before guys would leave to try to make some money. Now you can legally and literally get money. So. Um, and and those are those I mean, players. I mean, how bad how bad are we hurting for a CJ Johnson? Right oh, now? we talked about it pregame, oh, yeah. Jason. We were rattling off the names, and and Isaiah Winstead was sitting right here in the pregame. And damn, I wish we could have him on the field for one more year. Yeah, so we, said we try to sneak him out there if we could. Exactly. Well, I tell you what. And with CJ, so many people complained about some of the dumb penalties that he would get because he would get in a DB's face and he would talk a lot of junk and everything. But you know what? He went up in those fifty fifty balls. They were if you threw a fifty fifty ball up to CJ, he was. Nine out of ten times going to win that battle. I mean, he was a tough player. He was, you know, guy on this team that can do that. Nobody, yeah. nobody's proven they can. No. Now, whether they have the ability or not, that's that's a different. And Jalen had a shot on that third down. Absolutely, make a big play for your quarterback, and and unfortunately couldn't come up with it. Well, and that was the difference because who's even our number one wide receiver? Do we have one? Not necessarily, but but that was I mean, the difference in Jaylen. the game, right? Uh, because Jalen, we 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 dropped that one pass when it was crucial. It was third and whatever. We dropped it. We ended up having to go for it on fourth third, third and six Tulane comes back and starts to drive and they hit their receiver on a late play he goes down yep. and, get, and catches the football yep. that's the difference in the game yeah and it's always yeah, it's, guys hey, i appreciate y'all having me up here i want to finish this with this at what point in time do we see the freshman jeter uh, you know well that's a good question i had somebody the same guy that i was talking to in the uh the pregame tailgate said you know with three games left do you put jeter in why not? Well, I saw somebody say, Why do not? you start him? I don't know about start him, but I think you definitely give him get, him, yeah. get him in. I mean, because, you know, there's been so much complaint about the whole Mason Garcia situation and not getting him valuable, meaningful reps last year. Why would you make the same mistake oh, exactly. two years in a row? Exactly. I, I would bet now, because he played in one game earlier this year, right? right. So that's one towards right. his red shirt. Yeah. 
You got three games. Three left. left. Right. He's going to play in all three of these next. He, he has to. He has if he doesn't, because then what, I, send, well, I seriously question. Because what are you playing? What's for going now? on? Yeah, right. You're not playing for anything. You're now. playing for nothing. So at this <laughs> point, a decision like someone's job is on the line. Somebody make a decision like your job is on the line because that's what it is. And somebody needs to make that call. Thank you, Taylor. Appreciate it, man. Um, Thank you. I mean, we're going to be sitting here next week, guys, and I got a bad feeling that we're going to be talking about why didn't Jeter play. I, 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 I'm yeah, just telling I you. I do, too. From from just past experiences with what we've seen from this staff and quarterbacks um, because they want to – maybe if now if the game gets out of hand. The thing is, East Carolina's in these freaking games. We're just losing them. Well, well, does that matter? Not yeah. to me, but it does to them. I, I don't care if it's 13-13 next week. In the, in the third, still put him in. Put him why? In. Why? What, what difference does what, it make? Wouldn't I'm that be a great time if it's thirteen to thirteen to find out what he's made of? Right. Yeah. Him put him real. in, meaning you know, because what what is the knock against Garcia is that the stage is too big for him that he freaks out on the field, yeah. and that you know that's been what kind of the you know the buzz around people that talk about the program are like you know well I've heard that you know he gets out there and he, he just you know, doesn't get it done because of the stage or the situation or whatever. You need to get guys in meaningful situations to see what they what they've got. How do they perform under the lights on the big stage? Well well I think you have to do that just because moving forward you need to know what you need to be ready to do come time to get back out on the road recruit and get in the portal. Yeah. You need to know I you know, as is you can be the greatest coach of all time, but you don't have a chance if you don't have a quarterback that you can trot out there on that field and give you a chance to win. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're missing right now. Let's just be honest. That's what we've missed all year. We don't have that guy. And then we don't probably have enough pieces around that guy um, to to even, you know, play along with him to help you win as well. So um, it's a lot of work to do. I'm sure those guys, you know, they got to be thinking about that right now. That, that has to be your number one thought going into this. Well, and with games. the transfer portal changes the entire dynamic of a quarterback. You don't have the luxury now of not finding out exactly what your quarterback has in meaningful situations. You don't have that luxury anymore. You well, don't have the luxury I, of saying, okay, I know I've got three years with this this yeah, guy. It, it, you don't, that's it, over. That's, that's over. done. That, that's why, to me, the red shirt really didn't mean much to me if I'm looking right. at this mm-hmm. because at the end of the day, if he's what we think he is and he plays well and he shows out, yep. there might be somebody else knocking on the door. That's right. <laughs> you know. <laughs> the, this is reality radio now. 317-1250. Let's go to Cheezle in Ocean City. Hello, Cheezle. Boys, how we doing? What's up? Hey, first and foremost, happy uh, hot roast pork month for the Sam Boners. But, uh, look, there's no such thing as moral victories when we haven't beaten an FBA team yet this is getting out of control i mean don't tell me it's about an nil check either because everybody can go ahead and look at on3.com all the information is out there ecu has a 300 million dollar endowment okay i'm going to read off some names to you here in a second but the problem is nobody wants to acknowledge that he put all of his eggs and he mike houston in one basket and he didn't recruit and or develop we've been banging this drum for almost 27 months now he rode those Ehlers coattails, he got paid, and he expected to get balled out. Now, let me tell you, Mike Houston is the 64th highest paid coach in the country. Has anybody looked at JMU this year? Because none of those guys are Mike Houston recruits. So, like I just said, he's the 64th highest paid coach in the country. Fritz, who we just paid, is the 59th highest paid coach in the country from Tulane. 
He's making $2.8 million. After that, I'm going to read off, uh, let's go to how about the 74th. Jeff Tedsford, Fresno State, $1.5 million. After that, I can go to uh, Sean Elliott, Georgia State, 811000 After that, we can go to, oh, Kurt Signetti, James Madison, what do you know? $677,000. Bowling Green, Scott Loeffler, $560,000. Miami of Ohio, Martin, five hundred. This is what I'm saying. This is not NIL. This is malpractice. Malcolm Gray, where are you? I should have gone trick-or-treating and rung your doorbell so you could hear me. This is ridiculous. Wait, why did he blame Malcolm? I don't I don't understand the Malcolm <laughs> reference because Malcolm's the sports information director. <laughs> what is Malcolm supposed to do? Maybe he why met are John people Gilbert? trick-or-treating at Malcolm's house? <laughs> A lot of questions. Maybe I, I think maybe he got Malcolm and John Gilbert mixed this up. This is the first time anybody's ever called out Malcolm Gray on the fifth quarter. <laughs> I got to tell Malcolm about this. <laughs> I have a comment from Mike Houston directed at a fifth quarter caller, possibly, that I'm going to post here in a second. Really? During his post-game press conference? Uh, yeah. Okay. All right. I'll let y'all okay, read it okay. for what you want to read it for, but that's how I read it. All right. Gotcha. 317-1250. We go to Kyle in LaGrange next. What's up, Kyle? He was really enjoying the previous caller until he said Malcolm Gray when he went to say John Gilbert. Yeah. Um, uh, he has some good points about coaches' salaries. I'm 100% on board. Look, um, I'm, I'm not second-guessing here. I'm first-guessing. Anybody who was around me in the stands know uh, I was yelling, punt the ball, 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 punt the ball. On fourth and six, you, you can't invent an offense out of the blue. We hadn't played offense all night. We had put up about fifty yards since the first quarter until the fourth quarter altogether. And suddenly, on fourth and six, you're going to go for it when you could have punted the ball, planted them deep. They'd have been in the. Hopefully, if we'd executed the punt and down in the ball, they'd have been in the the shadows of their own goal line and would have probably came out very conservatively. Who knows? You force a turnover there, whatever. And you know, some people will say, "Well, he was being aggressive, and now what we want." you got to have a feel for it. And I don't know if he's used the chart or analytics or whatever, but he doesn't have a feel for when to go for it, when to not. That was a situation we should have punted and let the defense, is the only reason we were in the game, try to win the game for us. The outcome might have been the same, but in that situation, I'd have loved to have put it in the defense's hand and seen if they could have forced a turnover or given us a short field. Maybe we'd have had a miracle and scored a touchdown or made a field goal. or It probably wouldn't have made a difference. The outcome would have probably been the same. Um you know, it, it was the, the the crowd today that showed up was in that game for four quarters. So many people were just sitting there at the end of the game. I, I don't think I've ever quite seen people just sit there at the end of the game, just like they didn't know what to do. Um, you 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 felt it in that stadium at times. The 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 crowd was really into. It. You thought you were going to have one of those moments during just what's been a horrific season, where you're going to upset a top twenty five team. The, the, the students are going to run on the field. And you can move on and start thinking about next year, getting a quarterback in here from the portal, which, by the way, that's the answer. You, you can play Jeter. You can play Flynn. You can play Garcia. You can play the honky-tonk man. It don't freaking matter. You, we, we're going to have to get a, a quarterback from the portal. Um, Donnie's not coming back. There, there's no need to even have that discussion anymore. The question is, will Mike Houston be here? And if we go 1-11, I've said it before and I've said it again, and at this point I'm a broken record. I don't see how you can keep him at 1-11. We might do it because our administration is that inept and stupid. We have the most speckless athletic director in the history of college athletics. You know, I, I hated Confer. Confer was a piece of garbage. I don't hate. I don't hate um, 
Gilbert by any means, but I think he's very feckless. He's not a good leader. Um, he's not outspoken. Uh, there's crap we just, you know, beyond, beyond just on the football field, man, there's crap we just don't do that doesn't make any sense to me. Dwayne Harris was in the stadium for the Charlotte game. We didn't recognize him on the scoreboard. We didn't mention him. Luke Fisher was there today. No recognition at all. I don't know what in the hell people are doing. It's just we are so inept all over the place. And, yeah, the previous caller was right. Houston's contract is ridiculous. We could replace him with a lot of great coaches. Hey, look at Rich Rodriguez at Jacksonville State. He's making 800000 a year. Their first year at the SBS level took South Carolina to the wire today. I don't know what that final ended up being, but they're 7-3 and three, playing well against South Carolina. I mean, there's so many coaches out there. That you, you, are you telling me Jacksonville State is loaded with that NIL money? That sweet, sweet Jacksonville, Alabama economy? They just got loads of rich alumni? I mean, yeah, we need to do better with NIL, but that ain't the, that ain't the whole problem here. We had Mason Garcia here. He was the second coming of Joe Montana. Just wait until you see Mason. I'm Mason sucks. We, we apparently can't evaluate quarterback talent. We can't develop quarterback talent. We can't evaluate and develop offensive linemen. I Forest playmakers at receiver. We saw Jalen Johnson make plays last year. The difference is we had an offensive line and a quarterback. Uh, so well, I think will be a good receiver. He, he he's had his moments. He's young. You know he's going to get there. Um, I, we just have no rhythm to anything we do. There seems to be no reason why we call plays. We do. It, it's just to the point now where I'm just I'm, I'm just ready to say the hell with it. You know, I, I, this is the first time in my life as a pirate fan. Were you know I had a colonoscopy yesterday. I had more fun doing that than I did today. You know, it's, it's, it, I, I told my wife sitting there. I said, "Why do I waste my time and my money on this crap? Is this just I, I'm gonna find something else to do? I mean, when you, it, it's getting to that point where it, it's just a complete waste of time. It's just inept and ridiculous. There's no excuse to be this bad on offense. None. I can handle losing. It ain't about losing." It's about being completely inept and pathetic on offense. And, again, I go back. I think it was arrogance on Houston's part. He didn't think he was going to be here. And he didn't prepare and recruit properly and develop his talent. It's, it's, either, it's either arrogance or he just he just doesn't know what the hell he's doing. He's never been anywhere five years. He didn't know how to build a program. He knows how to win with other people's players. You tell me where Mike Houston at JMU at uh, – the Citadel and Lenore Ryan, he was there two years and three years, each one of those three places. He's never won with his own talent. He's never built a program. I don't know if he has the ability to. I think if you give him a good football team, he can coach. He, he can coach them up. But I don't know that he can build a roster and build talent. I, I don't know, man. I don't know. I, he'll probably be here next year with a new OC and a quarterback out of the portal, and we'll see where it goes. But, you know, even with all the talent we had last year, we had a lot of talent last year. We finished sixth in the league. We went seven and five. We went seven and five with players that are in the, in the NFL now. I mean, I, I'm just at a point where I'm disgusted. I don't have any quick remarks or great comments or highlights for the callers for the call for the show. Whatever the hell you want to say this week, I'm just at a loss, man. I'm at a loss. I'm, I'm to the point where I just want to say, screw it. Um, find something else to do. Thank God basketball starts Monday. I didn't think I'd ever say that or Tuesday, whenever the hell we play. Um, and that's all I got. Go basketball. All right. Kyle in the Grange bringing it once again. Basketball, by the way, is Monday, Monday 7 yep. o'clock, Menji's Coliseum against Ferrum. Well, I think Kyle was trying to say that uh, ECU football needs a total colonoscopy. 
colonoscopy cleaning. <laughs> yeah, that's what I got from. It. All right. That's the business you're in, isn't it, Billy? <laughs> no, I used to be. Used oh, to you be. used to be. Yeah, used to be into GI drugs. That's what yeah. I thought. Uh, I think not, Kyle, not needs, Kyle needs to listen to this uh, comment from Coach Houston. I just posted on our social media. All right. Well, do you want to play it here? Yes, let's play it. Yes, All I right. want to hear it. I'm I'm very intrigued. Let Shirley pull it up. Uh, Al- Alabama LSU just getting underway. We'll keep you up to date on that and Washington and usc on the buccaneer music hall school board presented by dub buck all right uh we got it shirley all right here's mike houston post game it's frustrating um it also says a lot about our kids um you know i know i know there's there's somebody sitting in a recliner somewhere that has pure hate in their heart and they're gonna say all these stuff and that's they continue to say all this stuff and I, I get I know what our record is but we have a good program those kids are good kids yes we have not made plays enough to win those ball games but we have a good bunch of tough ass hard nosed kids in that locker room and they're going to fight and I'm going to fight and we're going to fight all we can practice and we're going to fight next Saturday and we're going to continue to do that and there's opportunities in our school well I didn't get anything from that what was I supposed to get from that? You didn't get was it the, the recliner? It was the recliner and the pure hate. I thought that was clearly Kyle LaGrange. <laughs> <laughs> Is that just the image, the mental image that popped into your head? I mean, I know folks from LaGrange <laughs> that sit around and talk on the phone and watch TV. And, and their recliner? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm one of them. But... Um, I mean, you can call or post on a message board from a recliner. You can do a lot. That of is true. You can do a lot of things. That so. is true. I didn't get fifth quarter from it, but yeah, I see where you're coming from. Who's that? The complainers? I don't think these call. I, I don't think. I hope he's not talking about because these callers don't have hate in their heart. They have like con- sadness, like yeah. concern. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. They wanted to be good. Oh, you know what? We were past in his hate. heart. We were past hate at week two. We were past <laughs> yeah, yeah. I told you we we through of all the stages of yeah. grief. Yeah, yeah. We're in complacency now, and yeah. just definitely week three. It was like, boy, it was burning up. In mm-hmm. week three. What I don't get is he's angrier after he was angrier after wins last year than he's been after horrible losses this year. That's typical coach, though. I mean, I, you I, I guess to be that like, you don't want to yeah. show your face. You don't want to let him see you sweat. Yeah, but at some point. Y'all when said Logan the, used to be like that. Yeah, yeah. Co- Logan, after a win, man, he would just tear into stuff. I mean, he, you know. It was go, everything that went wrong. Right, right, right. Because that was a teachable moment. That's that's when you can teach a guy. A guy will be, re- a player will be more receptive to criticism after a win sure. than they will. They feel beat down after a loss. So you got to be very careful. And sure. I, I think that's just the coach in, in Coach Houston there that's, that's not getting the fire and the anger and all that at this point in the season. All right, let's go to Carter in Greensboro next on the U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show. What's up, Carter? Hey, so I don't understand the whole hate in your heart thing there. No, nobody wants to see this team win more than Pirate Nation. Nobody, nobody hates Mike Houston. Everybody's rooting for that guy to win today. So I don't, I don't follow that. Um, let's handle some family business first, shall we? I mean, to everybody today that was booing, AMAC, the baseball team, shame on you. Absolute shame on you. That guy was a pirate through and through. 
locked down the hot corner. Dude was a program guy, got an opportunity somewhere else, had an extra year. We weren't in the conversations with him and Cliff. Shame on you. So I just want to get that out in the open right now because I feel like that needs to be addressed. Weave, do you agree? I agree 100%, and I know what you're talking about. Jason is kind of perplexed here, but during the game, the ECU baseball team was recognized for their uh, conference championship, and they got their conference championship rings. Alec Makarevich is no longer with the teams transferring to NC State. He was not recognized. They didn't even call out his name. He was in the stands. Uh, Troy Dreyfus actually got a picture of him with his ring in the stands. So he got his ring, but he wasn't recognized. Um and I think a lot of, you know, there's kind of the back and forth. Some people are saying, well, he's going to NC State, you know, F him or whatever. I don't agree with that. Well, who was booing him? Oh, I don't I don't know. I didn't hear any of the booing. Um, I, I don't know about – I didn't hear any of that. Yeah, I, I don't uh, – But I, ju- I just know there was some – there were people that were upset. And, and I agree. You know, I, I'm just in the, in the school of once a pirate, always a pirate. That guy gave four years of his life and helped, you know, that team win. And I think he started every game last year, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I, I just think he should have been recognized on the field. His name should have been called. He should have been out there. He was in the stands. Um, I, I know from people that know Alec that he was very upset about that, and I can understand why. Yeah. Um, so that was – I, I kind of figured that was going to come up on the show. Mm. All right. Uh, anything else, Carter? Yeah. So, uh, again, man, the office of creativity or lack thereof, you know, I mean, h- how many times are we going to talk about this? And it's weird, right? Because I think back to the South Carolina game. First play, halfback pass, Tyler Sneed, 80-yard touchdown pass, right? Blew the lid off of Dowdy Ficklin. And to see the offense today just, Run up the middle. Yes, it worked in the first quarter. You got to do it till they stop it. Well, guess what? They stopped it. But this guy keeps doing it, just running into a brick wall. So no surprise we don't move the ball in the second half because these these guys won't make adjustments. And so in the end, you know, we'll see what happens with the coaching staff. But this but this offense philosophy that we see, like it's just. It's not. It's not going to work. It's not. It's not going to work here. That that's not going to work in in any school in our conference. You, you have to spread it out. You have to push the ball vertically, right? We don't have the biggest line, the fastest guys, the strongest at every single position. These guys got to get creative. They're not. It's hurting the team, and it's a real problem. All right. Well said, Carter. Thank you for your call. Carter in Greensboro. All right, Spencer, Kevin, Eric, we'll get to you next on the U.S. Sailor Fifth Quarter Call-In Show. If you're watching some football at home and need some good grub to go with it, call Wings Over Greenville. They'll deliver right to your door. The great tenders, bone-in wings, waffle fries, tots, they got it all at Wings Over Greenville, 758-WING. We'll be back with more. No score between LSU and Bama, and USC has it in the red zone but no score between the huskies and the trojans either we'll keep up to date on everything going on on the buccaneer music hall scoreboard back with more of your calls after this
You're listening to the U.S. Cellular fifth quarter postgame call-in show. Here's Clip Brock. Now with the Pirate Radio scoreboard, here's Shirley Rhodes. All right, this game just went into a final just a couple of minutes ago. Uh, In overtime, Charlotte beats Tulsa by a final of 33-26. Georgia Southern is trailing Texas State 45-24 in the fourth quarter. It is California 19, Oregon 35 in the third quarter. At the half, Liberty... Uh, with an 8-0 record, is leading Louisiana Tech 28-10 at halftime. Marshall is trailing Appalachian State 21-3 in the third quarter. Uh, San Diego State has a 7-3 lead on Utah State in the second quarter. And uh, in a game that we are keeping a close eye on right now, it is LSU and Alabama underway. They're about midway through the uh, first quarter no score as of yet and i should change that because lsu just scored so it is now seven nothing on alabama with 946 left to go in the first quarter that is a look at your buccaneer music hall scoreboard brought to you by the buck they have all the fun for your sunday fun day covered every sunday kick off the day at the buck they have the largest 4k screen in greenville along with 18 tv so you don't miss a game they have mimosa specials a bloody mary menu and pizza all day from pizza hut and don't forget the weekly jersey giveaway starting at five o'clock score every sunday at the buck now let's head back in to the U.S. Cellular fifth quarter postgame call-in show. Here's Clip Brock. All right. Welcome back into the U.S. Cellular fifth quarter college show. Justin Little, good to see you out there. Jason Nichols, Billy Weaver here, Shirley Rhodes. Chon, what's up, Chon? Hadn't seen you all day, What's buddy? up, boys? How we doing? I'm doing great. Another uh, loss. Yeah, one and eight. One and eight. Man. One and eight. Mm. Yep. That's tough, Jeff. Tough. Mike, Spencer, Kevin, hang on. Let's go to Eric in Scuffleton to start this segment. Did Eric hang on? Hello, Eric. He didn't hang on. Nope. No patience. Let's mm. see if Kevin in Burlington has more patience. Hello, Kevin. I have a lot of patience, Clip. Good to know. Good to know. <laughs> um. I have two points, and mine's probably not going to be a very favorable take, given what I've heard. I haven't listened to the whole show, but I was very proud of our Pirates today because we hung tough with number 24 in the country, and no, we didn't get the result we wanted, but those kids played their ass off, and our coaches played their ass off with what they have. Only they know what they have. But I was very proud today to be a pirate to play the number 24 team in the country within three points. Because I was expecting to get blown out. Honestly. That's my first point. The second thing is kind of a question. Josiah Hatfield, number 88, who is a wide receiver. I'm from Burlington. I'm a Southern Alamance graduate. And Josiah Hatfield graduated from my high school. And I was no more proud than to have him 
graduate and go to East Carolina. However, they converted him to a wide receiver. Do you know who Josiah Hatfield is? He was our quarterback. And if he's fast enough to run back kickoffs and punts and be a wide receiver and has good enough hands, why can't you run, instead of running up the middle, I don't know, run a bubble screen and let him throw the football, kind of piggybacking on an earlier call where we had Tyler Sneed do the same thing. He has the accuracy and he has the talent. They're just not using him. And I just wanted to know what y'all's thoughts was. And I didn't know if y'all knew that Josiah Hatfield used to be a quarterback. And that's what I thought they were recruiting him for. Not well. Converted him to a wide receiver, punt returner, kickoff returner, kind of special teams kind of guy. So go for it. All right. Thanks for the call, Kevin in Burlington. Um, I, I mean, I feel like Josiah Hatfield has been used uh, several times and in, in several spots over the years and has not taken the ball and ran with it, in my opinion. I feel like he's been given a lot of opportunities. As far as him being a quarterback, a lot of these guys were quarterbacks in high school. And, uh, Jason, I don't know, do you know? remember his recruitment? I actually recruited Josiah. Okay, well, Kevin, we got a good guy here. Did you recruit him as a quarterback? No, we did not recruit him as a quarterback. Okay. All right. Let me ask you this, though. If you were calling the plays, would there be a play in the book for him to throw the football? Could be. Because I remember Dwayne Harris had had he was quarterback in high school. Sure. I, I saw him throw passes on a and that's what we talk going back to what we were talking about, the mm-hmm. trick plays. We but you know, for lack of a better term, yeah. trick plays. Yeah. Those are the guys you get on the field, your athletes that can throw the football. You don't want a halfback pass from a guy that's never thrown the football before. N- not only that, people won't go back into his history to know that right. he was a former quarterback. Right. We have seen that time and time again yeah. here at East Carolina where guys that were quarterbacks in high school, you run a uh, halfback option pa- or pa- Re- halfback reverse pass, pass, reverse pass, whatever yeah. you want to call it. Um, and like he had said, Tyler Sneed, we, he threw touchdown passes here. Surely did. Guys that can do that, you make plays for them. Whether you, I mean, you know, you don't dip into that bag of tricks every every game, but you got to have that. When have we seen anything remotely close to that this yeah. year? Yeah. Well, to, to, you know, to even get to the, the the pass, whether it's a reverse pass or a double pass, you got to do blocking. something first to get him the ball. So you, you got to either run a reverse with him so people can say, oh, he's the reverse guy. Right, right. And then once you run a reverse, you have a reverse pass where he has a run pass option. He can run it or he can throw it, depending on what the defense does. So, you know, though that, that's just in your playbook of creativity, um, you know, when you're trying to call those. We, I mean, when we were here with Logan and and, and, and those guys, Doug Martin, offensive coordinator. Logan did those plays? We, no, they, we didn't call them trick plays. We practiced those right. plays, and we were going to use them. Yeah. And we knew every week. And, and the great thing about it, uh, it was is we knew that if we practiced those plays, they were going to show up in the game. They were going to call them. Mm-hmm. That made us buy into it. As far as Josiah Hatfield goes, we've talked about him a little bit, Jason. I know it's fair to say you would like to see him kind of take over. Like He's been given chances, I feel like. He just hadn't stepped up. It's well, kind of frustrating. And, and I'm, you know, with, with what that caller was saying, there's always another side to the story. 
because Josiah Hatfield probably does something over there every day and they have to say, okay, do we want to put him in that situation? You got to earn that opportunity. You just don't say, hey, we're going to put this ball in your hand and, you know, if you haven't proven that you're going to make a good decision with it because, I mean, you know, livelihoods are at stake when you start doing that type stuff, you know? Yeah, livelihoods are at stake if you don't start doing that stuff (laughs) too. That's (laughs) true too because of where we we sit. But, uh, you know, a lot of that comes from, creativity you know i haven't seen much of that well that's funny that you say that because that was the one word i took out of that whole comment was creativity and that's what i haven't seen from this offense 317-1250 spencer is up next in greenville hey spencer hey how's it going all right what's up man i would say i mean i i gotta give the boys some credit today they covered the spread i think that's worth something yeah, uh, Billy, you said right after the game, a whole lot of people lost money tonight. Oh, yeah. You Lots think of people, a lot people of people lost a lot Tulane. of money who would have taken Tulane. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that is true. But, I mean, I, at the same time, I'm not even mad anymore. I'm just sad. Like, at, at what point do heads need to start rolling? I don't know, but I don't think we're going to see any heads rolling. No. I, I don't know. I, I would be – I really would be shocked – because at, at this point you're one and eight, and you've you've passed that point of trying to salvage anything in the season. So why not ride it out and just let the chips fall where they may, and make the adjustments and and firings or whatever you're going to do at the end of the season. So I would be shocked if any changes were made before the end of the season. Now, yeah, I mean I, I'm with you on that 100. percent But I mean, like y'all were saying earlier, I'm right now at the point we need to start playing Jeter. I mean, we have nothing to lose. Like exactly what y'all said. And three games left. He has three games. If you care about that red shirt, well, he can play in all three of the rest of the games and keep the red shirt. So Absolutely. It's not an issue now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Get him in. Yeah, we we got nothing to lose. At this, I'm, screw it, for lack of a better term. Yeah. yeah. We'll allow that. All right, anything else, uh, Spencer? I can put it right now. Yeah, I got you. All right, Spencer. Thanks, man. All right, thank you. There is Spencer in Greenville. Let's go to Mike in LaGrange. What's up, Mike? Um, I think we just need to bring more pressure, to be honest with you. Bring more pressure? <laughs> yeah, like our linebacker. We need to bring more linebackers. What do you think, Jason? Do we need to uh, blitz? <laughs> I think we brought them all. <laughs> Hello. Uh, hey. Well, that, that's, that's, that's good to say, but, you know, that's not always good to do. You got to leave somebody on the island if you do that. All right. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, Mike, and Mike's daughter, Take maybe. Take care of them youngins. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's take a break. Jack in Fayetteville and old Rod. Rod in Wilmington. Old Rod. Rod in Wilmington. Sitting on the porch with his shotgun and his Marlboro. I love hearing from Rod. We got Rod coming up next. We got more of your calls. 317-1250. On the U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show, LSU scores, Bama answers. Let's see what happens now on this Tigers drive. A long quarterback run by Daniels to the 50 just about. And we'll keep you up to date on all the scores on the Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard. More to go after this. You're listening to the U.S. Cellular Fifth Quarter Postgame Call-In Show. Here's Clip Brock. Yeah, I was, um, have you ever 
All right, back with you. 317-1250, the number on the Pirate Radio Live line. You're tuned into the U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show on a Saturday night. Some good games going on that we are following right now as we come to you. Make sure you go see one of ECU graduate Brandon Tate's U.S. Sailor locations and experience the highest standard of customer service next to Little Caesars on Charles Boulevard in greenville in front of lowe's home improvement on memorial drive in greenville next to walmart on 10th street in greenville and the u.s cellular store in the greenville mall behind the chick-fil-a uh johnny d in wilmington shane jack hang on let's go to rod in wilmington hey rod hey good evening gentlemen uh you know, had high hopes today we we're going to turn the corner on this losing streak in the first half uh we had some good offensive line play. The receivers were sure-handed, and uh, you know, quarterback quarterbacking was looking looking good. We moving the ball, and then uh, I, you know, I heard the announcer talk about Blake Harrell's game plan for for defense was to get after Pratt, and uh, you know, they did that, and you could see it in the first half, and uh, but uh, in the second half, uh, they got after our guy, and we didn't get after them, and. Uh, I got to I got to go with Mike in the Grange. He's got the key to this whole college football. And I don't know exactly how you do it, but if you don't put pressure on those quarterbacks, the good ones, they're going to light you up. And uh I've been saying it all the time. I mean, it's just uh uh it's a it's a basic problem if you move we throw a ball through the air 50 yards and connect with a guy on the other end and he's and his he can pick up yards with his feet after that uh, i defend against that uh you can de- you can defend against that a lot better than you can, uh i mean you need to defend against that uh, other than a guy that's connected to the ground running you know it, it, the two don't equate in other words uh and uh you know if you go if you're getting good uh, on a pass rush you're gonna get uh, penetration and and you know uh so you you're possibly going to be across the line of scrimmage and can enforce uh, force a runner at that point. To, to me, the problem is uh, is is elemental. And uh, if I was a coach, I'd, I'd have me some of the uh, best athletes that I could find, and I'd have them on that defensive line, and I would have them. Uh, hell, I'd get me some uh, jujitsu instructors and, and and work with them, teach them how to get these get your opponent off balance and when he picks his foot up you jerk him here or you push him there or and you just you just figure out how to crawl all over him and, and, and get to that quarterback and that would be the that would be game plan number one in the, in the game plan was a defensive pass rush and putting the pressure on those those quarterbacks because in college football with the quarterback play you got nowadays <laughs> And you you can swing one out there for fifty yards and connect and you know flip the field and you know probably score. I mean that's uh, that's what you got to do. And uh, I don't know. I mean, as I, I would I would be working that problem. Uh, that'd be the number one thing I would work as as a as a college football coach. And it, Jason said it. Uh, you set the you set the uh, the run up with the pass. Uh, and you know, if you if you can't pass, it's going to hurt you running. It's going to hurt you know. So I mean, uh, my I, old Mike in Lagrange, he uh, <laughs> he 
said the truth. Uh, I don't know exactly how you do it, but you know that's what I'd be be looking to do. All right, Rod. I will say it feels like Blake Harrell uh, was ultra aggressive in previous years, and we haven't seen as much of the blitz. Maybe relying on uh, the strength of this team, which is the D line, going after quarterback. But am I? Am I? Have y'all noticed that? Well, let this me year? let me say this. Would you be a little bit more? prone to call more blitzes if you could rely on your offense to score take more chances yeah you're saying almost since we're playing so conservative on offense i mean the defense you don't want to take up. as many chances on defense yeah, maybe i mean i'm just throwing that out there if i'm a defensive coordinator i'm thinking okay if, if i'm a defensive coordinator my my team's out there scoring 35 points a game i'm taking much more chances on defense because i know the offense is going to go out there and score true i think i think the opposite way <laughs> why did i know that was gonna happen <laughs> all right <laughs> okay rod well thank you man well uh okay yeah i appreciate it and uh we'll talk to you later I enjoy, as always i enjoy it fellas. yes sir thank you for calling in man there is rod in wilmington gotta get uh jason any uh jujitsu instructors in your football career i mean <laughs> i guess you can i mean whatever it takes to work i mean they, they do everything so yeah Hey, I've seen offensive um, linemen take dance instructions. Yeah. Yeah. Yoga. Yeah, absolutely. The linemen do work on hand movements, you know, yeah. how to combat, mm-hmm. you know, the offensive linemen trying to hold them and all that good stuff. So. A little Bruce Lee. Did, Bruce Lee. Did y'all see the movie The uh, Longest Yard? The the remake the with Adam Sandler? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Do you remember the, the guy that was the judo specialist on defense that smoked a cigarette? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's what I thought about. Oh, is that where he got that from? Oh, I don't know. That's just what I th- thought came to mind when he said jujitsu. <laughs> All right, up kick guy in the face. <laughs> Jack in Fayetteville, line three. Hello, Jack. How's it going? Great. Uh, How are you? I uh, could be better. <laughs> um, few things. Uh, my wife always says to be positive, so. I'm very positive that this is the worst offense I've seen in 43 years of Pirate football. I've been a fan since I was nine years old when my brother got there in 1980, 81. Um, And, you know, Ed Emery, awesome, great. We've had great coaches. We've had some that didn't do too well. Art Baker, you know, struggled there. Uh, John Thompson, thank God, I was an uh, offensive grad assistant at the time at Fayetteville State, so I didn't get to see those two years, and I didn't go in the stadium at all during that period. Um, so somebody was looking out for me those that during that period. Um, the guy that was – for people slamming Mike Houston, I, I, I don't get it. Do we forget what Scotty Moe did? 2-9, uh, and 2-9 – uh, losing to A and T, and I mean that when they were a D two team, I believe at the time. Well, he was three and nine, three and nine, three and nine, and they were FCS. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, my, but in the games we with Scotty Moe, if it was an FBS team or UConn, the game was over before the coin flip. I mean, it was already a forty point game, and we were over. And to say that Mike Houston won with that, yeah, well, he did. Eventually, I mean, he came, year three. Yeah. But, I mean, 
Well, Scotty Moe isn't the bar at East Carolina. Like, that's not, you know, it, I, <laughs> I, I hear you, but we. And it's, it's becoming a bad argument to bring up Scotty Montgomery now, who's been in talks to be an NFL head, head coach. Yeah, right well, what people don't. See, I, I, I bite my tongue on this because I, I've sat in a room with the guy, and I promise you, he's a really good football coach. Did, we have, all, did we have all the parts we needed to, to be successful? Probably not. We were lacking a lot of stuff. But, but. But let me tell you, he's in the NFL. So let's yeah. move on from that because he's in the NFL. Being taught but here's the thing. as a head coach. And Mike Houston, because here's the thing. He he looks out for his people. I, he is he is maybe he's too loyal with Donnie Kirkpatrick. But I'm telling you right now, I don't think that gone Vince Lombardi or uh our our boy um um I, I don't Oh my goodness! I'm losing my mind right now. Um, I can tell. Had before at EC um, Lincoln Riley. Lincoln Riley. I don't think Lincoln Riley could get. Well, whose responsibility is it to bring in players to run a team and <laughs> offense? Exactly. But I mean, well, well where, where does your exactly go? Who, who's resp- who, I tell you. What I'm saying is right now, it doesn't matter who's calling the offense. We can't catch. We can't block. But here's the problem, and you said it before. We've lost starting Rodgers, Keaton Mitchell. We've lost two O-linemen beginning of the year. We got it. We knew the offense was going to be bad, but here's the thing. We've had a chance in all these games to win. And we haven't. Scotty Moe never went 1-11. I like our 1-11 team again. Oh, wow. you okay. like our one and eleven team as opposed to a three and nine team? I mean, I don't like neither one of them to be honest with you. And beat Carolina and beat NC State. I don't like any of them. I don't think getting rid of Houston is going to help. Okay, well, n- I, nobody's up. Nobody here is saying that. That's what callers are saying. Well, yeah. Well, uh, for the callers, I think they need to lay off Houston. Okay. What we bought to the pros. All right. All right, Jack. Thank you, man. Go Pirates. Yes, sir. There's Jack in Fayetteville. 317-1250. Shane is up in Clayton. Hey, Shane. All right, let's go to Johnny D in Wilmington. What's up, Johnny? Clip. Come on, guys. Come on, guys. Clip, man. Happy belated birthday to you, my dear friend. Thank you, buddy. You have a good one. Thank you. Man, uh, Nichols, man, you 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 doing something right over there with Weaver, man. Billy Weaver starting to sound like Shannon Sharp, man. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody got to work on him, Johnny. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about the last caller. Uh, I want a uh, Coach Moe uh, fan uh, by no means, but he he did beat NC State. He did run them out of town. Uh, but uh, anyway. Yeah, our offense is stagnant. Uh, I was just sitting there doing a little math. If you take out the Gardner Webb game, FCS team where we scored forty four, we're averaging fourteen points a game. That ain't gonna work, man. That ain't gonna work. That ain't close. You, to you work. can't win in college football in this day and age scoring fourteen points. And on the flip side, if your defense holds the team to thirteen points, you should win. 
and not and and I haven't looked at the turnover. What was the turnover discrepancy? I mean, if we did lose the turnover battle, it was. I think we won the turnover battle. Yeah. We got an interception, so yeah. you win yeah, the turnover. turnover. Yeah, you win the turnover battle, and you hold a team to thirteen points. You have to win those games. There's no excuse for that. Yeah, so I'm kind of like Kyle, man. I, not not a lot of stuff really to say, but uh, again, you guys do a bang up job with your uh, pregame and postgame show. And uh, how about uh, another shout out to my boy Jaquan McMillan, mm-hmm. a pick last week from my Broncos. So. Y'all have a good night. All right, you too, Jay. Yeah, there are a lot of NFL teams right now thinking, why would we pass up on that guy? Chan, who'd he say? Who was playing for the Broncos? Oh, Jaquan McMillan. Jaquan McMillan. Jaquan McMillan. <laughs> Steve Ellis said he was when a you, shark. When you think of a shark, you think of Jaquan McMillan. <laughs> a shark always goes forward. It never goes backward. <laughs> hey, do you ever see a shark? Never, in a, ever. In a, a fish tank you never see a shark in a, in a catfish in the same fish tank. <laughs> ever. <laughs> Thank you, Coach Ellis. All right, 317-1250. Let's take a break. Uh, Evan, David, and Andy. Uh, That fires me up every time. Uh, We'll get to your calls when we return. U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show back with you after this. You're listening to the U.S. Cellular fifth quarter postgame call-in show. Here's Clip Brock. Now with the Pirate Radio scoreboard, here's Shirley Rhodes. All right, Liberty is cruising over Louisiana Tech right now with about six and a half minutes to go in the third quarter. Of Forty-eight, oh, excuse me, forty-two to eighteen. Oregon uh, leading California forty-two to nineteen in the third quarter. Marshall is trailing App State in the fourth quarter, twenty-eight to nine. It is West Virginia 17, BYU nothing in the second quarter. Kansas has a 14-0 lead over Iowa State with about 40 seconds left to go in the first half. Michigan leads Purdue 17-0 in the second quarter. Rice trailing SMU 14-7 in the second quarter. It is Washington 7, USC 14 in the second quarter. Mississippi State trailing Kentucky 7-0 in the second quarter as well. Alabama leads LSU 14-7. And Miami uh, leads NC State 3-0 with five minutes to go in the first quarter. And that is a look at your Buccaneer Music Hall School Board brought to you by the Buck. They have all the fun for your Sunday fun day covered. Every Sunday, kick off the day at the Buck with the largest 4K screen in Greenville along with 18 TVs so you don't miss any action. They'll have mimosa specials, a Bloody Mary menu, and pizza all day from Pizza Hut. And don't forget the weekly jersey giveaway. That starts at 5 o'clock. Score every Sunday at the Buck. Now let's head back in to PRL. Nope. The U.S. Cellular fifth quarter postgame call-in show. Here's Clip. All right, back with you, Pirate Radio. Wow, I almost You were about to do it. You were going to do it, too. Yeah, yeah. It's by habit. Uh, Zach, radio live fifth quarter show. Yep. <laughs> Zach, Andy, David, hang on. Let's start this segment with Evan in Whiteville. Hey, Evan. Hey, Cliff. How you doing? How you doing? All right. I, I want to start off with go Pirates. All right. Um, I am impressed with how we played tonight. I, I was not expecting us to put up a fight like we did. I, that just shows the culture, like, as cliche as that sounds. All these people are calling for Mike's head. Do not think he needs to be fired. That is 
the last thing that we need to do because we've all experienced Scotty Moe starting over. We do not need to just wipe the slate clean and start over like we did four or five years ago. That is the last thing that we need to do. There's a lot of young players that got good burn tonight that really performed. We stood up. The fans really showed up tonight. It's a tough time to be a Pirate fan, but we're always there, and we're still calling for Donnie's head. (laughs) I know it's it's bad to say everybody. That's the scapegoat. It's a... The same old thing, run up the middle, run up the middle. But the uh, what number eight, uh, what's his name? Gerald Green. Gerald Green, he performed tonight like I've never seen. He he really, he was the spark that we've been looking for whenever Javius Bond went out. And it, he, that is, that's how it goes. All right, that's how it goes. Thank you, uh, Evan. Gerald Green tonight had five carries for 14 yards and a touchdown, two catches for one yard. And <laughs> But I guess it shows you the lack of production we've had on offense when that is a like-I've-never-seen performance yeah. for uh, the caller there. And, and I will say this. Um, I'm not going to get into a conversation of whether or not Mike Houston should go or shouldn't go or whatever. This is just purely an observation. The team has not quit on him. Yeah. That is proof in the pudding tonight because a one in eight team could have gone out there and laid down and gotten beat by five touchdowns by Tulane. It would have been expected by the fans and no one would have really blinked an eye on it. So to Mike Houston's credit, he has not lost his team. Yeah, that's a good point. And, uh, We've our commanders uh, have a coach that I wouldn't mind seeing go, but at the same time, are we gonna are we going? No, I want to just compare it to what you just said. Okay. I feel like those players would run through a brick wall for Ron Rivera. So I, there's a reason you do keep a coach like absolutely. that. Absolutely, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, David is up in Farmville next. Hello, David. Hey, uh, good evening. Um, I, just a couple of comments, I guess, observation uh, at this point. Um, you know, trying to trying to be overly upset about things doesn't doesn't do anything, and and it doesn't matter what we say here because the coaching staff is going to continue to do their thing. But uh, you made a comment earlier in the show about you know doing the same thing, getting the same results, um, going back to plays that were successful. Um, that first quarter was impressive. Uh, they moved the ball. They were winning first down. Um, they were being aggressive. Um, after the first quarter, um, where did the aggressiveness go? Um, when, when we were late in the ball game, right before he went for it on fourth down and it didn't work, um, first play was a run up the middle. Second play was a run up the middle. Now it's third and six, third and seven. He threw a ball over the middle. It was a tough pass. I mean, yeah, maybe Jalen should have caught it, um, but that was a tough situation to be in. Um, I just don't understand the mentality of not trying to win first down. Um, the goal is to be four or five yards on first down. Um, if you can take some of that off of off of them, the play calling will be a little bit different. The execution will be a little bit different. You know, putting 
you can't throw the ball, you can't pass the ball, you can't block, um, and suddenly now it's third and long, and you're trying to complete a play that you can't complete, and you haven't shown the ability to complete. Um, the, 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 one, the one question I would want to ask, Donnie Kirkpatrick, do you have a screen play in your um, offensive play plan? Well, and David, he, he was asked about he was asked about screens this week, and the problem is, I feel like they've tried to run some, and they, it's they just ran, gone south. Like they, almost every time they've tried screens. Well, they ran one successfully in the first quarter. I remember because they were going left to right, and it was early on. Um, and, and to your point about winning first down, uh, it's funny because I was in the stands and early in the in the first quarter, there was a run up the middle on first down, but they gained four yards. And I heard one of the guys in the stand, run up the middle, run up the middle. And I'm like, whoa, hold on. You just won first down. I'm okay with the run up the middle mm-hmm. when you win first down. You can't get into third and long situations. Because as a matter of fact, there was a couple times, if I remember correctly, there were a couple runs up the middle on first and second, but then it was third and two right. where your options are wide open. Yeah. I'm good with that, 100%. I'm not with, you know, run up the middle, not winning first down. Well, they, they, they mixed it up in that first quarter. I mean, that's, that was the deal. I mean, we were passing a lot on first down, mm-hmm. too, which, you know, you're completing a five-yard, you know, hitch route or whatever out there. That's it's second and five. I mean, it's, it is. It's about winning first down. However, we got to do that to keep the defense off balance because you're right. When you have a third and short, the the advantage goes to the offense. Absolutely. It almost feels like, does it feel like we, okay, we're up 10 nothing, boys. Let's strap in. We're going to win this game 10 to 9. Like it, instead of hey let's go up 17 nothing or 24 nothing it's all right we're up and we're gonna win you know well 10-9 and, and, that's the final and something we haven't talked about should have been 14 nothing because the third down pass in the back of the end zone was overthrown and the receiver was wide wow. open you're right well, the, the biggest the biggest problem i have is you've got a quarter okay so let's just say the offensive line is the biggest problem um so you're having trouble blocking why, why are you continually having um, Flynn hold the ball for, for five, six seconds? He's getting sacked. Um, you know, there was a play earlier in the game where um, Tulane came to the line of scrimmage and ECU adjusted their defense, and they were stacked heavy to the right side. And what did Pratt do? He audibled and took the ball and ran to the, to the other side of the field away from the defense. Um, I don't see any audibles. I don't see any hot route. Um, when when the commentator even commented on a play, you know, Tulane's bringing seven guys. They're bringing eight guys on a blitz. There's no hot route. Um, instead, Flynn drops back five steps, and next thing you know, there's nowhere to go, and it's gone. If you can't block, get rid of the ball quicker. Um, I just, you know, I just don't see any adjustments, and I, and I really wish the media – would press the coaching staff a little bit more. I mean, I love your show, and I love coming on and being able to complain, but at, at, at this point, it's one and eight. The, the media just has to start asking a little bit harder questions, um, you know, about why, why, why do you continue to do what you do when it's not working? Um, I'll hang up and listen, and I appreciate it, guys. All right, David. Thanks for the call. 317-1250. Uh, Andy is up in Charlotte. Hey, Andy. Hey, guys. So uh, we're talking a lot about Donnie. You guys ready to hear from him? Yeah, sure. So, 
Oh, wait. Hold on, hold on. This is Andy yeah, 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 yeah. who did Houston. So Donnie's Come there on, tonight. Clip. Get on the A game. All right. Let's go. All right, let's Donnie, go. let's go. All right. Uh, so we, we, we played football today. We, you know, we, we threw the ball to the, the right. We threw it to the left. We, hand, we didn't hand it at all, you know, but he's got, he's got to go up and get that ball. He's got, you know, me. He's got, he's got to catch the ball, but I will tell you this, like, we did not turn the ball over. I mean, that is tremendous improvement. I mean, that means, if you think about it, that means zero fumbles and zero interceptions. We didn't even turn the ball over at halftime. I mean, that's just I mean, you know, life is great. Football is fun. That is spot on. That is pretty good. Well, he forgot the whale. Chandler, you uh, can you come here and uh, we'll trade you for Chandler because, uh, dude, that's that's great. You're the impressions, man. Wow. Oh, oh he hung up. That is perfect, man. Mic drop. Don't ruin it by saying nope, something else. Nope, nope, mic drop. There you go. I can't. Andy, can't wait to hear wow. you. Practice your Blake Harrell for next week. <laughs> well, uh, oh, that's good. Andy and Charlotte. Uh, man, MVP status here. All right, Zach is up next in Dunn. Hello, Zach. Hey, guys. I'm actually in uh, Asheville tonight for Colin's wedding. I told you about it. Congrats to Colin. Uh, everybody said I do. Uh, biggest thing that I've got tonight, you know, Mike Houston came on and said, oh, there's somebody in a recliner somewhere that's got some negative things to say. It doesn't matter what the setting is that somebody says it. It doesn't make it any less true. Uh, this is a sad state of football. And, you know, in order to prevent next year where we are right now, we got to see what we got in the cupboard. And every snap that Raheem Jeter doesn't play, that's more time that we don't know what we've got. We don't know that we've got to hit the portal. Um, it's sad, but this, this season's over. This season's a wash. Uh, but you got to see uh, what you've got coming. Uh, the time for the moral victories that the guy a few calls back was talking about, oh, you know, they played hard, kids played good. You know, we've got a head coach and offensive coordinator that go to the podium every week and say that the kids are playing hard. Kids are playing hard. No. Uh, we, we've got somebody already on the payroll that says that the, the time for that is over in the fifth year and guys who've been in the program for five years and three years you need to see what you got you need to see what you what you need to go get. Um, at the end of the day, we're always pirates. Uh, appreciate you guys what you do. I know uh, as the season drags on, uh, the, these shows get harder to do. So uh, ready for pirate basketball. Um, it has probably been a long time that uh, the basketball team has been able to uh, probably get the same amount of wins as the football team does in the season their first week. Um, so I'm hoping for a 2-0 and week uh, from the basketball team. Excited for Coach Schwartz. Uh, appreciate you guys again. Go Pirates. All right. Thank you, Zach, for the call. Tonight on the U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show. Boy, this one, this stat on the UB stat sheet jumped out at me. So Alex Flynn was 10 of 18, threw the ball 18 times. And ECU credited for 23 rushes. That's 41 plays. Wow. 41 plays. There were seven possessions. Mm. Seven possessions? Wow. Did we play a full game? (laughs) We had had the ball seven times. These are got to be halftime stats. (laughs) We had the ball seven times. What in tarnation? (laughs) Yeah. We had the ball seven times. I hate to laugh, but it's laughable. I mean, I watched the game 
I mean, East Carolina had 190 yards, 10 first downs. Most of the questions asked of the defensive players post game were about you know being on the field so long because yeah. they were. I mean, they were 38 on the field. to 22. Yeah, was the time of possession. Seven possessions for the offense. 40. That I don't in know if I remember. I don't know if I remember that low number no, of plays in no. a game. That's crazy. That is crazy. Now, how many plays was the defense on the field? Probably 80, 90. Yeah, somewhere around there. So Pratt threw 25 and 44, uh, 69 or 69. What's that? 69. Oh, off uh, plays? For a two line. Yeah, yeah, for, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Three one seven twelve fifty. Ryan, we'll get to you next. We have open. Oh, you're gonna get to him now. All right, Ryan, we'll go ahead and get to you in Charlotte. What's up, Ryan? Hey guys. Yeah. Sorry about that. Kind of loud here, but um, yeah, this is the 17th time in program history that we've lost eight games in a season. The last time that we've seen a team turn over an eight loss season in a year for the next season was 1989. I mean, this is Mike Houston's second time losing eight games in a season. And at 55 games as a coach, he's the worst coach we've ever had to coach 55 games. I don't understand how he's been in charge for 55 games and has just been so incompetent as this uh, coach. I, I don't see how we can survive as a program that he's still in charge. I, I, it's so frustrating for this season. I apologize that this season has been so frustrating for you guys. I'm sure it's not been the most enjoyable pirate radio for everyone. But, like, do you see anything improving next year? Like, even if we bring Mike Houston back, do you see him turning around a Willie Fritz-type program? I mean, Willie Fritz brought back a 2-10 and team, but do, do you see Mike Houston doing that? All right, so here's a recipe for a bowl season next year. Uh, you bring in a new offensive coordinator. You uh, sign a veteran quarterback from the portal. Uh, you revamp your offense. You really need a lot. You need linemen and receivers from the portal as well. And you bring back Blake Harrell and his defense. Because, again, like if we had a competent offense, so I think a previous caller said it, we've said it pretty much every week, we'd be bowling or near bowling right now, I feel like. We'd be close to that six-win mark. You, you would be. I so, mean, and, and it's not out of the realm of possibility to revamp this thing in an offseason. It's going to be tough, but I'm just trying to give you some kind of hope, Ryan, that uh, it can be done. Well, it's not out of the realm of possibility, and the way you do that, immediate help is through NIL, and the only way here, let me, let me just throw this out to you. Why are we focused, and I, I know I'm going to get flack for this, but why are we focused on an indoor practice facility right now? Is that the immediate need or is NIL the immediate need? Now, if I'm the head coach and I know that the only way I get players in here, especially at quarterback, a difference maker is to pay him money. Now, let me, let me put it to you this way. If I'm a quarterback and I'm looking, I'm a really good quarterback and I'm looking around and University X comes to me and says, we're going to give you $100,000 a year to come here in NIL and we've got this beautiful indoor practice facility. Or at East Carolina, they say, well, we're going to pony up 300000 or half a million for you to come here. We don't have practice facilities, so you're going to have to practice out in the rain. You all right with that? <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> 
so how important is that indoor practice facility well, right Jason, now? Jason, you've well, been a lot of stops, you, so what well, you, let, let what's your answer? We're, we're, to be honest, we're way behind on the indoor practice facility. That's what yeah. I'm saying. We should have had an indoor practice facility. Long, long time ago. Five, ten years ago. Right. If, if you want to keep up with what everybody else is doing. Now it's not about now facilities. it's not about facilities nope. anymore. It's about being able to get players. money and paying players. And so... Um, and I'm, that's just the honest truth. We, we're, we're past that now. Um, let's get players in here. Because if you get the players in here and you win, you'll get the indoor practice Absolutely. It's, it's putting the cart before the horse with the indoor facility. Yeah. But uh, we missed that boat. We, we should have had an indoor a long time ago. Steve Logan used to call for indoor facilities a yeah. long, long time ago when he'd have to practice out in hurricane weather. Oh, yeah. Been, been there and done that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, that's... <laughs> Go to the gym. <laughs> right, absolutely. So, but, like I said, the way to turn around this program is to go get players, and the only way you get players and immediate help is NIL, and the only way you get NIL money here is use money already allocated for something else, i.e., indoor practice facility we don't need that right now we need players i the have a fear will come i hope we can get that money weave because if i'm a player i'm a little nervous about this jason like you look at these offensive stats what we've done all year and what we did today do players want to come play in this offense you're well, recruiting right now for five hundred thousand dollars you know for one year you can say hey we just we we weren't that good you can still recruit over mm-hmm. this right here okay you got to find the positives in it yeah and just say look at our history you know, if I'm recruiting a receiver, I'm going through the history books and say, let's look at what these guys did and how many balls they caught in X, Y, Z. If I'm looking at the quarterbacks, I'm saying, look at the quarterbacks that that has played here, gone on, been developed, and had great careers. Uh, you, you can over overcome one bad season. Okay. You can. Uh, so that's I wouldn't worry about that. Um, that's your job as a coach is to find the positive and recruit the heck out of it. All right, 317-1250. Uh, Weave, can you read my shirt real quick? The Blitz! Got a live blitz from Billy Weaver. Thank you, sir. 317-1250, back with more of your calls. We have open lines. We'll get back to you. And we've got an LSU touchdown. Tied it up. Extra point away from knotting it up in Tuscaloosa. Back with more after this. You're listening to the U.S. Cellular Fifth Quarter Postgame Call-In Show. Here's Clip Brock. Now, with the Pirate Radio scoreboard, here's Shirley Rhodes. All right. In an ACC matchup, uh, NC State has a 7-to-something lead because uh, the graphic won't move out of the way. There it goes. 7-to-3 lead over uh, Miami, although Miami is currently in the red zone facing a third and seven, and NC State bats the ball down, so now they're facing a fourth and seven inside the red zone. Other scores right now, Oregon beating up California 56-9 in the fourth quarter. It is Appalachia State 31, Marshall 9 in the fourth quarter. Kansas Goes into the locker room at halftime with a 14-3 lead over Iowa State. Michigan leads Purdue 20-3. It is SMU 17, Rice 14. Mississippi State trailing Kentucky 14-3. It is Washington and USC tied at 21. And LSU and Alabama are tied at 14 with about two minutes to go 
in the first half. That is your Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard brought to you by The Buck. They have all the fun for your Sunday fun day covered. Every Sunday, kick off the day with The Buck at and, uh, the largest 4K screen in Greenville along with 18 TV so you don't miss a game. They have mimosa specials, a Bloody Mary menu, and pizza all day from Pizza Hut and the weekly jersey giveaway starting at 5 o'clock. Score every Sunday at The Buck. And uh, Cliff, as we head back into the show, you know, I have this rule where if a caller has called in, they can't call in twice. So uh, Kevin from Burlington called in. He wanted me to ask this question to you and uh, and to our panel of distinguished guests. Uh, he says he wants to know and pose this question. When has Mike Houston faced adversity as a head football coach? Because he has, he tends to be a winner and coming into winning programs. Uh, so when has he really faced adversity? And is it possible that maybe he's just not equipped right this second to be facing this kind of adversity? I've so I'll talked, pose that question. I've talked about this before. Mike Houston was 29 and 8 including a 13 win season at Lenore Ryan then moved on to the Citadel 5 and 7 in his first year 9 and 4 so a winning record there then went on to James Madison two 14 win seasons including a national championship 37 and 6 there he has never really faced adversity this is the first time he's going to have a record close to this pad although he was three and six in 2020 here at east carolina so he is going through this for the first time there's no doubt about that yeah i'm going to answer a question with a question how many times have you seen a high school football player state championship winner undefeated seasons his entire career goes to college wins every game goes 33 and three in college or whatever falls flat on his face in the nfl Tim Tebow? I mean, we could go down a list. Trevor Lawrence. We could go down a list. Trevor Lawrence didn't lose in college. It's hard to swallow losing when you don't lose. Um, So there is some validity to that. Well, let me pull out my motivational book. Uh, I think it says, uh, what? You find out who you really are when you face adversity. That's right. Real character shows. That's right. When you face adversity. That's right. (laughs) Cliffism. (laughs) <laughs> Alan, Marty, and uh, hang on. Let's go to Randy in Greenville. Hey, Randy. Randy. All right. Let's try McFly. Marty is up in Cary. Hello, Marty. Hey, guys. What's up? Can you hear me? Uh, barely. Yeah, I, I kind of got you stuff on a speakerphone while I'm driving. So. All right. Well, uh, safety first. That's so right. That's we'll right. accept that. Yeah. Um, I mean, doing what I did, what you guys did, are doing for about fifteen years. So, I graduated in eighty. I've been a story with Pat and I, and I've been through every coach since. Um, and I think I love East Carolina. I don't like East Carolina fans. We seem to have the worst perspective when we look over our history. Well, I can't speak to a whole lot of the fans, but um, if you look at, if you take the full perspective for this season, in the last four games, we played the three teams that are tied for top place in our conference. They're undefeated in our conference. We played the number two team in the nation to start out. We played two teams, second and third, 
that are pretty much even with us, and we played them down to the last play of the game. We shouldn't have lost Charlotte. I don't think anybody knows who that team was that showed up for the Charlotte game. But even then, we only missed about six inches. So, guys, take a chill pill. This team is playing with the quarterback with the second-string quarterback that they didn't think would be the starter. And he's getting better every every year. He's playing with receivers, one of which is a, retreat, uh, a freshman, that he hasn't played with before. And, yeah, they may have gotten even snaps, but you can pretty much bet they were not counting on him being the number one quarterback. And yet, yeah, we've only got one win. But we've been in every game. I remember years with Art Baker, and I was here for John Thompson and for Maurice. We weren't in every game. As a matter of fact, a lot of those games we weren't in at all. The teams come along every game, they played better. And we've missed being on the winning end by one or two plays in every game we've lost, except for Michigan. We don't think anybody expected us to be competitive in the first place. So, yeah, can this team turn around next year? We need two receivers. We've got a great one in Seoul. We're going to lose Scott, that is name. Um, but we replaced them with two receivers, give some time on these new linemen, and get let this team gel as it's doing right now. And with the, we have one of the best defenses in the conference. That's why we've been within one or two plays of winning five out of the six games we've lost. So, yeah, I know it looks bad. I hate the record. But this team has improved every week. And we've got, we've had one of the toughest schedules. I mean, we got to, yeah. All right, I, Marty's asking for a moral victory. I'm sorry, I'm not giving it. Um, this is not a tough schedule. He's called out the fans, and Marty, I, I'm sure you know, you've been around a long time, fan is short for fanatical, um, and that's what fans are. And they're going to be up and down. They're going to scream. They're going to yell. But as I have said in the past and will continue to say, that is better than apathy. And I think that's where we're headed right now is apathetic fans. We're hearing them. We didn't see it in the stadium today, which I'm very thankful for. There were more than 30,000 people in there. And I tweeted out the video and I said this on social media that I don't care who you are. I don't want to hear it that there is no other non-power five school in this country that would draw 30,000 fans for a one in 17. I'm sorry, that argument will not stand and is not going to. So I'm not going to call out our fans. And they have a right to yell and scream and call for heads and all that stuff. Like I said, that is a good thing. 
It really is, because when they stop caring, that's when you have a problem. I haven't seen the fan base stop caring yet. I haven't seen this team stop caring yet, but I can't accept the moral victories. This team is not getting better every week. It's not. Also, we've talked about the schedule, and I was going to get to that too, Billy. 120 passing yards today. 70 rushing yards i don't see the, the that's not good there's no you improvement see. you're still you're taking steps back from last week offensively all right there was marty but we appreciate your call and your thoughts 317-1250 uh at alan thomas up in greenville what's up at hello gentlemen i'm gonna try not to make this a habit but i wanted to call in and um and um say uh thank you for your service <laughs> to our military great military appreciation night uh, tonight, it was great to see the uh, Army skydivers popping in the stadium. Beautiful, beautiful afternoon for football. AT, that was um, four touchdowns before the first quarter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And one after yeah. it, I guess? Yes. Yeah. Look, I sat there with Mr. Positive Tony Collins for four quarters. And um, anytime you can get Tony Collins, if you give him two buckets of popcorn, you can get him to the fourth quarter. I've learned that. So, hey, we saw you on TV, AT. <laughs> I know. Yeah, but hey, I just proved that we were there from the beginning till the end. And look, just a beautiful Saturday to watch football. I mean, that's that's. I want to say that. Period. If you didn't go for other reasons, you missed out on a good Saturday. But I do want to. I do want to address a couple of things. Um, that were said here this evening. And also I just got an opportunity to listen to the coaches comments post game. And, um, look, I appreciate the difficult job and the task of, of, of any staff. And, you know, when you're just not getting it done, but you also have to be analytical, not emotional, you know, look in the mirror, to try to see what you need to do to try to find ways to win a ball game. And we all know some of the challenges we're facing this year, didn't just show up uh, August 1 or September 1. These were laid out over the past couple of years, and we've kind of talked about that. you got to recruit. you got to develop. Football is about transition. That's just the, the matter of fact. And I want to say this about the game today. Every football game is the result of about 160 collisions on the field on either side of the ball. Bottom line. And when one phase of your game is just playing lights out, it's so wonderful to watch. But when there's clearly something structurally wrong with the other side of the game, it gets very frustrating to watch. And we do so good in the scripted pieces of our offensive uh, performance, and we see it week in and week out. And like I said before, that's not something we're seeing for the first time this year. We've seen it as a trademark you know, of this staff and this current regime at ECU. But at some point, if you're a coach, you can't just come there and say, hey, the kids fought hard, because we all know that. We love these kids. But you need to tell us about you. What are you doing differently? What is your staff doing differently? And, you know, take the emotion out of it at this point, guys. Um, Newsflash, we aren't making a bowl. We're not going to have a winning season. But we have a tremendous opportunity to sell this program over the next three games by putting our future on the field. Where is Raheem Jeter? Where are our guys on both sides of the ball? For the next three or four years, these three games, they will not burn a red shirt now. Why don't we get the guys on the field to give them an opportunity 
to sell this program for the future. Now, look, we, you know, there's things that are going to need to be changed in the offseason, and I hope that is addressed. I'm not going to talk about that here and now. A lot of conversations, discussions going at folks at a lot of high levels uh, and expectations. When you make $2.3 million a year, you have high expectations. But I really hope what we see at FAU and Navy and when we come back here with Tulsa is our future on the field. To give our fans something to show up for, we really appreciate our awesome seniors and players, and, and they need to be out there performing as well. But isn't it time that if we're going to be selling 2024, uh, you know, they say the definition of insanity is and futility is making the same mistakes again over and over again. So don't do it again. Put our future on the field the next two years, I mean, excuse me, the next three games, and build 2024 now. And I'll wrap it up with that, gentlemen. Have a great night. Always good to hear you. And uh, go Pirates. All right, AT, and I know you wanted a question asked about Jeter at the press conference, and I asked Donnie about that, and I kind of got the, it sounds like if the score gets out of hand, sure, they're going to put in Jeter. I didn't get the, we're going to get him in no matter what. Maybe that changes after today. I don't know. Uh, but again, you've got three games left. You've got three games he can play. If you want to hold on to that valuable red shirt, no reason not to get him Why? in. Huh? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, the red shirt. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No reason not to get him in at this Absolutely. point. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because the numbers are in your favor now. Yeah. Yeah. And, so and I, you're I not could, playing for a bowl. Right. You're trying to win, of yeah. course. But you, you want to see – you don't want to be in that position like we were last year. Yeah, it just doesn't make any sense. You never saw Garcia on the field. All right, uh, you want to take a break? All right, Pike and Logan, hang on. We'll get to your calls. We are going to have LSU set up. Oh, Daniels but is we're going to have right. flags. So uh, LSU going to have it nah, around the 20 or so. 13 seconds left to go. Alabama up 21-14, but LSU threatening on the Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard presented by Buck. We're going to enjoy some more wings over Greenville during the break. 758 Wings will deliver right to your door and have more for you on the U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call and show. Washington scores. It is 28 to 28 before halftime. Points abound uh, in these games tonight. More to go after this. You're listening to the U.S. Cellular fifth quarter postgame call-in show. Here's Clip Brock. All right, back with you. 317-1250. Got a couple open lines. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. I was wondering if we could have a show within the show. (laughs) We've had several during the (laughs) – that was a good one during the break there. I'm telling you. Um, Somehow Washington scored a touchdown and got the ball right back. They got it first and goal, and they are about to put up 35 in the first half on USC, uh, and they did it right there because this USC defense, Jason, is atrocious. Well, they're on the other end of the spectrum. Right. So. We can't score. They can't stop anybody. They can't stop anybody. Uh, that's going to be 34-28 to 28 and 35 uh, with the point after. LSU gets in right before the half, and this one's going to go to half 21-21 as Milrow runs it, but that's coming well, back. Well, if it's on the defense, it's nah, another place. It's got to be a hold, I would yeah, think. You would yeah. think. I did see a hands to the face today, Chandler. Thought about you. 
saw the illegal hands to the face call yeah all right uh we got pike hanging on we got logan up we got two open lines 317-1250 logan's up in greenville hey logan hey how's it going fellas all right what's up man um i got three quick points uh first one being you know i I was listening to the post-game show and i believe it was 47 total yards and three quarters um you know once again very bad um but i'm not going to you know beat the dead horse everybody already knows that so I'm just going to move on. I just want that to be known. Number two, uh, you know, hat tip to the defense. Um, Michael Pratt and, and Tulane's offense, very explosive. Uh, with their only loss being the Ole Miss, I think that, uh, you know, them being in, you know, the bottom of the AP top 25 is kind of a snub to them. So um, for our defense to, you know, bend but don't break, which is pretty much our motto, and to keep them really for out of the end zone a lot. So hats off to them. Um, and number three, it's just a quick message to um, Pirate Nation. Um, you know, keep your faith in it because while you know we may not be doing very well, you know, very well right now, they say that it's darkest right before the dawn, and I think it's going to turn around. So, thanks once again, guys, for taking my call, and I'll let you guys get right back to it. Logan, I like it. You had your uh, your three points outlined, uh, pretty succinct and to the point. Appreciate it positivity without moral victory yeah i like that no doubt doubt. and also pointed out uh the bad numbers on the ub stat sheet on the offensive side of the ball as east carolina once again came out of the gate looking pretty good looking pretty good on offense and uh, could not sustain it for four quarters or even two quarters all right pike is up in north myrtle beach what's up pike hey man uh enjoyed the game today um felt like we really played uh, better, um, but of course, you know we just can't win the ball game with defense. And um, you know, I felt like we played the the uh, officials too. They missed a lot of calls on holding against us. Uh, you know, against uh, Tulane. How about the second they added at the end of the first half? I don't want to be a conspiracy guy. Got some good barbecue. Well, Pike's still talking. Enjoyed the weather, but that's about it. I passed through Kenston on the way home, and the liquor store was open. I almost had to go in and get some Goldslogger or something just to have something to celebrate. Um, hopefully, we'll get rid of um, DK because I don't see how we can recruit people to come if they know that's who's going to be in charge of the of the offense and you can look at the crowd there's a lot less people in the stands around me today uh than the last game and it hurts the whole atmosphere community and everything we gotta we gotta show some changes that's all i got pike thank you man uh the the adding the second at the end of the first half uh, and then I kind of put my tin full hat on there and said, "All right, uh, the league wants Tulane to win the conference, yeah. go back to the Cotton Bowl, win it, get some big time money, and so they're going to get some calls here." And there was a pass interference that was missed. Uh, there was a few calls. Again, not why we lost today, obviously, but that that second at the end of the first half had my conspiracy theory uh, mind brewing <laughs> at that time. Yeah, I was in the stadium, so I didn't get the benefit of seeing the replay. Well, guess what? Neither did we. We didn't either. Oh, really? Yeah. All they showed, I think, Jason, was the ref looking into yes. the, 
the replay, and, and we didn't get to see it at all. Yeah, now they, and yeah, it should have been one second left on the clock. They didn't. Well, they showed the replay in the stadium, but of course, they don't have the luxury of having the television broadcast or the clock on so the you screen. Couldn't see the so clock. you couldn't see the clock. Yeah. So you shouldn't see in the replay, which didn't make any difference because yeah. you don't know what the clock Not is sure. at that point. Right. Um, and they had just said, and it was funny because when they were reviewing that, I said to the guy in front of me, I said, they're going to put a half a second left on this clock to get them a chance to kick a field goal and tie this thing up. There was also a play in the second half, and I think I was talking to you about this. Mm-hmm. It was a pass interference call on, on ECU. Us. Oh, yeah. Where it was a, the player that. was stumbling, and when they showed the replay in the sta- I mean, the stadium just went ballistic. Yeah. Everybody booed for about four plays straight because you never saw saw any contact between the defensive back and the receiver so nobody knew it's like okay where is the pass interference there and then i remember another call or non-call i should say defensive end for east carolina had a pretty almost a free rush on pratt and i could see it plain as day the right tackle completely had his jersey in his hand and it was a, an obvious hold on third down, which would have backed them up 10 yards, and it would have been a third and probably 15, 18 yards as opposed to a first down, which it ended up being. So there were a few missed calls in that in that game. Yeah. All right, Jason. Yeah, yeah okay. I, that, that's it. 317-1250 is the last call. Last call for your calls before we get out of here on a Saturday night. Get them in now if you wanted them. Want to get them in? 317-1250. More to go on the U.S. Sailor Fifth Quarter Calling Show. We'll have our Brown and Wood drive of the game. Another game was one touchdown. One touchdown drive. So take a guess on the seven drives that East Carolina had. <laughs> Exactly. Back with you after this. You're listening to the U.S. Cellular Fifth Quarter Postgame Call-In Show. Here's Clip Brock. All right, 317-1250. Chandler, don't go nowhere because if we don't get five more likes before we wrap it up, we're cutting off your pinky. Okay. Oh, please don't. Why, why are you going to give Which people one do incentive I want? not to hit the like button? <laughs> Which one do I want gone? I want one of them sausage pinkies out of here. Hey, you're not that bad. We'll do the lift. All right. All right. Get it ready. Uh, we need five more likes, and we've got the people in the room to get those likes. So let's uh, get them right now, 317-1250. Our drive of the game is brought to you by Brown and Wood, serving the Pirate Nation since 1937. Brown and Wood, your number one dealership in Greenville. Brown and Wood on Greenville Boulevard, Greenville, online, brownandwoodauto.com. Our drive of the game will be our one touchdown drive, gentlemen. I don't have the numbers on it. Don't really care. <laughs> no, no. To be honest with you. 10 for 18 passing. I, I I don't know why this is just kind of clicking with me now. I think it was Marty who was talking about we're improving every game. Right. And I see we're 10 for 18 passing for 120 yards. 18 no, passes. No interceptions. Uh, and again ran the ball 13 23 times like we didn't have any time to to do anything out there short game 
Short game. <laughs> I sure didn't feel it when the game goes three plus hours. I don't no. feel it that way. They still no. get those commercials in. They find yep. a way to get them in. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the game did fly by for ECU's offense today, who had 10 first downs on the day. Um, and guys, we'll uh, get ready to close it out. If y'all want to get one last call in, you can. But we've. Uh, your thoughts on this one, Pirates dropping to one and eight on the year. Oh, I I don't know. It's funny because Cameron, the very first caller of the night, we, we could have stopped the show right after that. Yeah. Cameron was pretty solid. He hit on everything. Um, but like a lot of the callers have said, we were kind of beating a dead horse. And at some point, you got to see some sort of effort to change. And I, I don't see it. I don't see I don't see any change on the horizon. It's like we're gonna ride this train until it just completely falls off the rails. And I, that's that's a that's a hard position. You know, I kudos to the fans, but you can only expect the fans to continue to show up for so long. And I'm quite honestly, I'm surprised at how many showed up today pleasantly surprised but at at what point are they going to stop showing up jay nick final thoughts on this one yeah you know um thought we had some hope there early on um i I think uh you know they came out and we did score early on but could never get back into a rhythm couldn't could never get you know any consistency uh offensively and uh, i guess when you look at the stats it, it, it proves that uh, defense has played well. Um, they played their butt off. They've done that all year. Sure, they probably made some mistakes. They did, uh, mistakes. They didn't play perfect, but um, like you say, I mean, man, when you only give up 13 points, mm. you would think we can find a way at s- somehow to find another touchdown at some point. But we we can't seem to find that right now, and so. It's, it's who we are. Um, it's what we've done. Uh, I know those guys are going to go to work. And, and like you said, the positive that I did see and that everybody talked about, Billy, you hit on this earlier, was the kids are still playing hard. And yeah, that's, they haven't given up. Sign. That's yeah. a good sign that they're invested and those guys, good good job by those guys keeping those those kids motivated over there because it's easy to, to be down on one and eight. And let me, let me – something I just thought of that we did not hit on – is we missed an opportunity because if you remember second half early in the second half Tulane had a few um uh penalties they were 15 yard unsportsmanlike penalties they were getting frustrated they thought they should have been up by three or four touchdowns at that point they we had them we had them mentally they were out of the game because there were a few back-to-back plays. Those guys were getting frustrated. They were getting the in the the uh, opponent. They were getting in our faces. Um, you could tell Tulane was like, "Okay, th- this is not supposed to go this way," and they were getting frustrated. And we missed that opportunity yeah. to jump on it, and it just didn't happen. Other East Carolina teams <laughs> would have sniffed that out like an old bird dog, and coach. And I'm not saying this didn't happen on the sideline, but I know coaches that would have said, would have rallied the team right there on the sidelines. We got them, guys. Look at them. They don't know what's going on. Let's finish this now. And they didn't. 
and i hate that all right that'll wrap it up Shirley. great job as always big dog sean thank you for your service as always here on a game day saturday jay nick enjoyed it i'll see you monday pirate radio live weave good job buddy thanks sir talk to you next week uh chat gang thank you all the callers thank you and uh for those that just sit back and uh in your chair and listen thank you as well uh we will be back with you next week well we got a four o'clock kickoff so we'll be with you at noon on the bud light pregame tailgate after the game the u.s sailor fifth quarter call-in show and we'll recap it more when we return on monday's edition of pirate radio live at three o'clock for the crew here i am clip rock thank you all we'll see you next week on the bud light pregame tailgate and u.s sailor fifth quarter call-in show you have been listening to the u.s cellular fifth quarter postgame call-in show join us next time for complete postgame coverage of east carolina football exclusively on pirate radio the voice of the pirate nation